This is the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. That's a brand brand new mic stand, brand new microphone, head head. No, he's got the new headphones. So there you yeah, go. I, ba- I balanced say, I it out. I balanced it. Time, yeah, you got the broke ones. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you something. I think. <laughs> Uh, no, here we are. Here we are. Uh, welcome to this episode of the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. Let me turn off this crazy phone. And as you see today, I have two guests here live. Um, Eddie Murphy and Bill Burr couldn't make it, so I got the next best. <laughs> I thought you were going to misrepresent us for a second. <laughs> not the first time I've been called Eddie. <laughs> no, maybe not. Maybe not. No, but I, I really am glad that you guys are here. Um, this is something that... Uh, We've been talking about doing. I can't remember which one of you mentioned it first. That I should have both of you here. I think maybe both of you mentioned mentioned it at yeah. some point. It was after he had been on. Yeah. yeah, maybe it was you who said something after Anthony had been on. Yeah. And uh, I'm just glad to have you guys here. Now you guys are fresh off of some live comedy last night. Yeah. Where yeah. were you guys? Tell me about where you were and how did it go? We're at Salt. Uh, Salt has a uh, Oslo Humor Fest this week, right? Uh, what does that stand for, by the way? Salt? Yeah. I think it's just the name. It's down by the bay. It's, <laughs> is it salty? Yeah. Am I overthinking it? <laughs> is it they're, just... they're big on saunas. Yeah, like the stage we did yesterday was actually a sauna. sauna. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's actually a huge sauna, and it's just, you know, you're looking, uh, the audience is sitting up, <laughs> which was weird because I've never done a stage where the audience is sitting above me, right? Uh, most of the time, the audience, I'm, you're on the stage, uh, not they are on the stage. It was an amphitheater vibe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, really good fun. Really good fun. Haven't done a lot of sets this year. This is my second set this year, actually. So it'll be a good fun. What the heck is wrong with your? It's Anthony's microphone. register. It's always a bit tricky. I know. Man. I, know. I always, I always need more tweaking than. Um, Let's see. Let me do this. Special. You need to use your Chappelle's <laughs> white voice. That'll hit strong. the register. Wait. <clears throat> Hello. Hello. There you go. <laughs> Can you hear me now when I yeah. use my Chappelle white voice? <laughs> I'm going to get this right. But this is, I'm not going to edit this out either. People are going to see, <laughs> people are going to see this. Oh yeah, testing. condenser. That's not a condenser mic. That's a dynamic mic. Give okay. me a test. Testing, testing. Oh, One, two, three. Yeah, that's that. much better. Barry White, that's ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> greetings, greetings. Agua, agua, Ambrosis. There we go. Ah, very nice. While we're at it, I'm yeah, just nice. going to check out yours. See if yeah, I'm as suave as I can be. <laughs> oh, you're as smooth as they come, my brother. No, okay, so SALT, is just, that's just the name of it. I always wonder, what does, what does that stand for? But I guess I'm overthinking it. I'm looking for mm-hmm. reason where there is none. <laughs> they, there often is none. <laughs> but yeah, they've been doing a humor festival. I think it started on Wednesday. Yeah. And is today the last night? I think today's the last night. Yeah, yeah. If I've been, if I'm, if I remember right, every night so far has been a full house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you guys have gotten a lot out. of exposure then. I will. Damn I, you. I only, I only, I only, <laughs> I was only on last night. Um, I would have liked to probably do more, but I was away. Oh, I thought week. you guys had a couple of. No, couple no, of nights. no. There's a, um, the others, uh, so the other guys, uh, the guys, um, like Espen and them, the Latvaksina guys, they had, uh, they were there all week, so they had a great, great Maybe time. that's who I was thinking. Yeah, it was Espen yeah. and Inia. Yeah, Inga, exactly. yeah. those guys. Yeah, yeah. They were yeah. doing a couple of a couple of um, the uh, I think the same stage we did, yeah. the challengers, and then they did the Lata Vaccina thing. With the, the okay, because there's several different stages. Yeah, there's several, I think it was like five stages. I think it was. Okay. Uh, something like that. Yeah. Okay. So we were at the I think we were at the second second smallest stage. So it it, it could fit eighty people, but okay. yesterday it's yeah, because of COVID it was down to forty. Okay. So uh, that okay. exposure's not that crazy. It's like it's like a jammed house at Steinosh, I guess. But you know what? Those smaller crowds sometimes are better. 
Yeah. Well, not better. It's different, but it's different in a good way. You can okay. get more. It's more, it's just more intimate. Mm. I think it depends on sort of like like, like uh, I, um, I kind of it sounds cliche, but I, you know, Sting goes like music is his own reward, and I, yeah. I, I think stand up is the same way. Like I really, I I I, I did a set at um, Uhert where it was like. 12 it felt like 12 people yeah, yeah. more oh it's same yeah, as me yeah, yeah. but it, it felt like 12 people because <laughs> and also because it was at the height of the corona rules so it was like that table there that table there okay. that table there now that's a little that mandatory space yeah. between them. Uh, and I loved it. I had a great time, you know, and I was like looking at them right in their eye. Like, yeah. Okay, you're laughing. Okay, yeah. you're laughing. You know, it's, it's a lot <laughs> yeah. more fun. Yeah. You can take the time to check on yeah. every five tables. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, I was going to say that it's it's all good if you got a host who knows how to play up the bunker atmosphere and be like, all right, so this That's is... That's true. It's very host yeah. dependent. Most of the world yeah. is missing out on this. You guys are lucky. You know, if you can yeah. flip that okay. shit. It... So so there are, there are different stages. Now, is there are there any, uh, I don't know, criteria or are there any rules about who gets to go on what stage or is it totally random what's this, what's the deal with that i actually don't know you but guys I, weren't discriminated I, against i know I, 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 I opened Anthony. for vigo vigo, vigo, vigo <laughs> i don't know if you know vigo van i'm a big fan of vigo van i, I know who he is i would yeah. love to meet that guy uh, he's yeah. great he's a lot of fun I mean, yeah. he's, his energy is always sky high right and he was the he, he closed uh he closed our stage and i was right before him so for me i was opening for vigo van as far as i'm concerned i'm moving up in the world <laughs> there you go right. there you go but I, i'm assuming I think it's just about okay how many people do we think we can cram in our show was called the challengers so it's meant to be like oh we're challenging the the yeah. status quo and stand up right and uh, it was upcoming new people and so uh, up, up, upcoming uh, what was the because the it actually said so on the uh, up and coming on the, uh, yeah. the event that I, you saw, me, I, I saw i saw a poster um yeah. yeah they had some word for yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so they now. So they, they so are they already now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. now. You do your act in English, right? Yeah, I do my act in English. Do you feel comfortable with yeah, that? Yeah, or do definitely. you sometimes think, oh my gosh, I'm kind of on the outside? No, hell no, because, hell no, yeah. no. Uh, no worries I mean, about I'm, that. Obviously, I'm on stage, so I'm already on the outside, right? <laughs> I mean, like, it's kind of it's like, it comes to the territory, yeah. But do you, do you uh, find it, do you find sometimes that it's an extra challenge because you have to think now, how are they, you know, we can play on words, yeah, on English, that yeah. you can't in Norwegian. Do you ever I, worry about that? But I, I mean, I've, I've sort of, like, uh, been, um, most of my friends from you know, an early age have always been, like, the ESL crowd. <laughs> so I've always sort of been, like, uh, structuring for this ESL crowd kind of vibe. So they're kind of, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Same wavelength. Um, yeah. <laughs> Perhaps if I was doing a set with like more native speakers, where I could perhaps I don't know, talk more quickly or yeah. use more sort of uh, more pop culture references that are yeah. sort of perhaps more purely more purely from their 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 neck of the woods, maybe. Right. Uh, but like I guess in Oslo, I'll do more sort of like you know local references. I guess okay. if I if I do references, if you get out among the hillbillies, <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't gone that far yet. <laughs> like uh, I did Bergen, we did Bergen three yeah. weeks ago. That was Hill like that was as far as I've gone to do stand up yeah. in yeah. Denver, right? Uh, and that was that was an English night. Uh, it was mostly expats in the crowd. I think university students. Uh, I think it was a healthy okay. mix, but yeah, it was, it was a, a fair yeah, few expats and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So in other words, it always fits to to do it in English. I've never felt uncomfortable. I guess from time to time I get slightly uncomfortable in the sense that something that I thought would go over, right. it doesn't go over because of the language. But yeah. then that's just. A matter of thinking on your feet and being good at what yeah. you do and just rewording it. Or yeah, yeah, I, I, I haven't really felt uncomfortable. But then again, like, yeah, I, I'm a, like, 
It's it's I think it's a bit also like it's the mindset thing. It's like uh, I'm a, I'm an open micer. I'm a, I'm I'm definitely supposed to be a little bit delusional at this stage. Um, I I suck too much. To, All open to, micers are yeah, delusional. It's a necessity. I, I, yeah. I suck too much to be going on on uh, yeah. on just you know pure yeah. <laughs> pure feedback. Yeah. <laughs> right? There has to be some delusion. To it. I there think has to be some, some delusion. Yeah. I think it's Mike Bogarty. But how long do you have to do it? Before you're no longer a newbie. How long do you have to do this before you're no longer an open micer? So What's the facet for that? Seinfeld says there's four levels to comedy. Uh, first one is making your friends laugh. Second one is making strangers laugh. Third one is making strangers laugh for money. And uh, if you can do that and pay your bills, then you're good. And the fourth one is when they start talking like you. If you can do that and pay your bills. Yeah. Okay, Seinfeld. But, but, if, if, that, if, but if, that's, if that's the level you have to get at... Yeah. To be able to call yourself a true comedian. No, no, Isn't I don't know about that. There's four levels to it. There are four levels to it. And the okay. fourth level, the fourth level is people start talking like you. Uh, <laughs> the yes, level, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Never noticed. <laughs> and everybody has a but, uh, Seinfeld impression. Yeah, but I think success, success, uh, everybody defines their own success, I think. Uh, um, but as, That's true, it's very individual. Yeah, but uh, yeah. as a general, I, yeah. I think you're. I think you. if you feel like a comic and you've done enough stages, people will give it to you. Yeah. Actually, actually, that's one of the things I found astounding when I first started doing stand-up was just how quickly people would be. I expected them to be like, "Oh, you're coming here and trying to get stage time. Yeah. You're not a real comic yet." Yeah. And I thought they would be yeah. like closed like that, but people are so quick to be like, "Oh, you've yeah. you've gone on stage. Okay, you're a comic." Yeah. To me, once once you've written your material and you've gone on the mic and you've performed yeah. it, you're a comic. So we you may about be this. very inexperienced. You may not be very good at it, but you've jumped in the water. You're yeah. there now. Yeah. Um, what's our, what's our host's last name? Marius, um, Turkelson. yeah, I was talking to Mar Marius Turkelson yesterday, just before going on, cause he was hosting and he's, you know, he's epic. He's been doing it forever. Yeah. He's on Lotter and yeah, stuff he's on like Lotter that. And whatnot. And, uh, and, um, we're, we were saying that, uh, you know, the first time you go on and you, you talk to your friends about the experience, they understand, you know, oh, you, you went up and did, you know, got some stage time. It was fun or whatnot. The 10th time you go on stage, your friends don't understand. What that was? <laughs> why you? Why yeah, you? Oh, you're, okay, you're not a yeah. civilian anymore at that right, point. Right? right. You, you can't have that same conversation. No, they won't get what that was for you after the tenth time. After the hundredth time, you can you can only talk to other comedians about. It. <laughs> right, you know that's right. true. It's a very insular world. Yeah. It's yeah. um, it's kind of like cops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're not a cop, <laughs> you just don't know. What do you do? Why, why are you talking? You know, yeah, you're you know, a civilian. It, it, but you, it, don't it, get it. you have a certain kind of uh, way of tackling life. You have a certain way of. Of speaking, you have that humor. Yes, I yes. feel. That, that, I feel like comics should maybe have to write up if they discharge a slur. You know what? <laughs> you know what? Let's write, write that. Let's write that in the rule book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. man! So you guys had a, you guys had a good time last night. I had a great time. I had a lot of fun. I how, had how a long, bit of a bummer. <laughs> Why? What happened? It was, man? Well, it's a it's a bit of a weird room. It's it's sauna. It's it's really warm. Yeah. And it's really like um, steep up the. It's very steep, and you're at the bottom and stuff. So it feels like a weird room to begin with, and I just kind of felt like I could. What have is, had it it's like more. stadium seat, like theater seating. Yeah, yeah. You're at the bottom, and they're progressively. Okay, that explains up. that photo. I saw a photo on Instagram of yeah, Joachim. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he was, yeah, yeah. looked like yeah. somebody was hanging from the rafters. You're in a pit, bleeding okay. exactly. for your life. But, exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Makes it easier. They get more momentum when they throw rotten tomatoes at you. Yeah. But I, I, I just compared, right. compared to Bergen a couple of weeks ago or three weeks ago, I, I just felt like, oh, that could have gone better. So, but, but it was it's fun. It was fun. Well, that's, you know. That's what it looks like. Okay, look at that. Yeah. That's different. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That would be inspiring for me. I would be so show the viewers. I would be I, so. I don't know if you guys can see. I can, us, we can post we can it. Post that. We can post, we can post that. it. <laughs> I would be so caught up on the weirdness, the yeah. newness of a scene yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. That, that would motivate me. I, the, that would stimulate my artist brain. Oh yeah. And it would make me, yeah. I tried. I tried opening with just recognizing that and being like, "God damn! I wish I brought one of those airplane, you know, pillows for your neck." You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No reaction. <laughs> and I was like, "All right, is, this is, is, it, be fun. is it in the round? I couldn't really tell from the uh, pillow. No. Or are they they're kind of in front. They're, of you. they're right in front. They're right in front. Man, that's that's Straight. different. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. Um, I I, huh. I I I definitely I definitely um. I wasn't as comfortable as I've been on other stages, like uh, compared to say three weeks ago in Bergen, where I was like, oh, "This is this is uh, this is mm-hmm. hey, how you guys doing?" I was mm-hmm. I was felt really, really no pressure on stage. I felt a lot of pressure on stage yesterday for yes, some you. reason. Did yeah. you? Uh, yeah, I felt I was like, Ooh. but doesn't we also just had five minutes though? Doesn't yeah. that come and go? Sometimes you feel comfortable, sometimes you, you don't, don't, but there's yeah. really no reason for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I had a hard harder time working through, but then again, I had a lot a lot rest less rest and so on. But you know what I found out. Is it, I, I live basically, um, and I'm not saying I eat clean all the time, but I live basically a fasting lifestyle, mm-hmm. uh, eating pretty much within a very constricted uh, 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 time window yeah. every day. And what I found out is if I'm fasted, you know, if I haven't eaten for like, you know, 18 plus hours, I perform better. Oh, really? Whereas if I eat within a couple hours before I go on the mic, I notice it just sitting here at my own home in yeah. my own studio on my own podcast. If I eat before I go on my podcast, yeah. I'm kind of... Everybody does better when they're hungry. Yeah. Right. When they're hungry, <laughs> he said hungry people. He didn't say hungry. He said hungry. Yeah, I'm that's like that. southern. That's a secondhand. There's, soul a, there's a southern southern soul man in Idaho. <laughs> No, it's but there's there's I, I think that the the physiological self is definitely connected to the mental and emotional oh, self. Obviously. Oh yeah, absolutely, no doubt. No doubt. So 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 yeah, I, I, if I'm fasted, I, I'm I'm quicker, I'm more focused, I'm you know it's it's just a better experience for me. So so my day yesterday was um, I went to start on. A, you didn't fast. Did yeah, you? no. Well, I did, I did, <laughs> but differently. Like I was, uh, I was, I was in Switzerland. I was in Switzerland seeing some friends, and I was we were partying. Yesterday like, you were in Switzerland. Yeah, the day before. Okay. The day before. So I got. I well, got you back, started the day yesterday in Switzerland. Yeah, I started the day in Switzerland <laughs> at five a.m. Uh, hopped on a train to Zurich. Just hanging out with friends, or was there? A uh, my, my, sister, my sister lives there. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah, on you told vacation. Me that, yeah. Yeah, 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 I was on vacation. So I cut, a, I cut a train at five a.m. Five forty-five. Uh, Zurich around 8.30, uh, flew to Oslo for uh, 12.50. Uh, Roro testing <laughs> at Gardamoen <laughs> is crazy. So that took about three hours. I got out of, I got out of the airport at like 4 o'clock. <laughs> and I got home and I'm just... I'm completely tired. I'm I'm um, I'm low on energy. I'm, I the, the airplane food was terrible, and I just rushed straight home. I uh, I pour myself like uh, a protein shake with uh you know some uh, smoothie, uh, mango mango berry smoothie mix. Yeah. Chug that coffee, shot of rum, and we take a cab down. Right and. So I was like, okay, now it's time to. So you didn't really get to take a breath. No, not really. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And um, and then I sort of got to prep at the at the um, backstage for like an hour. Yeah. Well, that helped to not have to jump on the mic right away. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It helped that I was going on second last. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Do you like going on first or last? Oh, I'd rather be last. Yeah. 
First one, it depends on the host, but the first one has to kind of get the crowd going a bit. That can be tough. If I'm not last, I'm going to get angry at whoever is last. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make it hard for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be my point. But isn't there some kind of status with being the closer? I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. closing too. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But opening too is like, okay, I trust you to get the room going. You know, there's certain spots that it's just like, okay, you're... You're somebody I can trust to do this right. I guess if it's a if it's like an open micer night, it doesn't really it doesn't no, really matter. So but if yeah. you're opening for, a, you know, a heavyweight, yeah. if you're an open, yeah. that's an honor. Actually. I think I don't think I, I feel honored anyway. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I think shout I, out to Babek uh, Namati and uh, Zahid Ali. Uh, Zahid Ali. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I open for uh, pr- probably. And I, I, I go back and forth. I think I told you that my best night was when I opened for Zahid. Yeah, I think I told you. Did I? T- I think I told you that. It was, my best night was with Bobek, but but that thing for me of being elevated, and I called it an elevation and an honor when, when yeah. somebody like that asks you to open for them, yeah. and I just jump into that challenge, feet first, man, ready to go. I'm I got I got to perform now. Yeah, it's different than if you're just on an open mic. You guys feel the difference? I mean, I've, I've only I'm, I'm really only doing open mics, right? So <laughs> I have yet to make the make the leap. Um, I mean, again, like. I do this very much as a hobby, right? Because like my, yeah. my day job is so demanding. So um, Yeah, I really wonder how you have the time. <laughs> really. How do you have the time and the mental space? I uh, mean, that's a heck of a job it's, you it's have. Often, it's often that the stand-up really is kind of like a way to, to like, you know, just switch brain states. Ah, okay. You know, it's just really good. It's something completely different. I see. And yeah, it's yeah. a nice way to like, okay, now I'm, now I'm rested, right? Now I can go. Now you can go, play. Yeah, now it's fun can, time. Yeah, now it's yeah. fun times, yeah. Yeah. And you... Mister, <laughs> it's very easy for me to find the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I was thinking more about the thing for because you've you've been an opener and you've been an open micer. I've not opened. I've not had. Well, the only time I did opening was kind of like at Steiner's show. <laughs> it's like, all right, you okay. can you can warm up the crowd a bit before you. Yeah. But I don't. I've never had anybody be like, hey, could you open for me? Okay. Uh, yeah. Yet. <laughs> Yet. But uh, I find that yeah, I I, I don't know. I, the, the pressure that there's okay, this isn't just something people are showing up for. It's also mitigated by the fact that when people pay, they're invested, so they're more likely to laugh. That's a heck of a pressure. Yeah. These yeah. people paid money now. And they pay, <laughs> yeah, but they, pay, they pay attention too, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Whereas if it's just an open mic, it's just like, oh, we were just here for a drink and an open mic broke and out. And there's a big difference, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we had um, we had a, uh, um, what do they call that, Drum and Bee Festival, yeah. like a city festival, where they just opened up all of the venues all over town and everything was open to like two in the morning and people could come and go. You didn't have to pay. And there was a club uh, here in Drummond that opened the doors and the comedy club, the Drummond Comedy Club, we did uh, just a series of sets. So you had a crowd that was like, ah, okay, I'll see what this stand-up stuff is all about. Yeah, yeah. And people were just sitting there like, you know, no, just about no matter who, I think Bobek killed. Yeah. But everybody else, the crowd, you could—they yeah. were some of them were literally like Looking this. like a card that's, like, a, sh- a dog yeah. that's been a card trick. That's, that's <laughs> the worst night I ever had, man. So. I, nothing I had to say worked. But so, and that told me that yeah, okay, the material might be solid, but if the crowd isn't yeah. a comedy crowd, yeah. and of course, as a comic, you always have that responsibility to make them laugh. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's just an extra challenge in a situation like yeah. that. They weren't there. Yeah. They weren't. They weren't educated about what stand-up comedy is I'm a, I'm a bit of an absolutist about that um it's not okay, their fault yeah, yeah. no it's not, not you, you know fault. you have to you have to 
it, it, it taught me a lesson that as a comic, I've got to be ready for whatever crowd is there. It doesn't yeah. matter. I've got a responsibility. Actually, the guy yeah. who closed yesterday, he's he's kind of the ultimate proof that's yeah. like, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. Yeah. Vigo is a goat. Yeah, he's, he, I mean, he's, he's technically a clown, right? Yeah. yeah. But, and I had no respect for clowns before I met him. <laughs> Uh, but then it turns out and now like, you do now he, he can get me rolling with peekaboo yeah at, at one point <laughs> at one point he just fucking he, he said something that was like a punchline and then he ran out just ran out <laughs> and, and ran out yeah and Marius Turkitsen the, the host he was just kind of looking he's kind of like do I go up now and, oh, I love it and then and then just after a while you saw him come around at the back so this a is glass, like an Andy a Kaufman type of thing yeah yeah just, there's yeah. a glass window out and he's yeah. coming there and he's like you know, uh, sucking on the window, yeah. and and people outside too who did not know what was going on inside that uh, venue. Yeah. All of a sudden, they were they were part of it, going woo because he <laughs> riled them. That's up. my kind of that comedy. guy is just yeah. contagious. As that guy well, just however. doesn't care. Yeah. yeah, no, he doesn't. He's great. Yeah, and he's, interesting. His energy level is through the roof. Like it's through the roof. Um, but the time is he on Instagram? I like yeah, to see what yeah, this guy's yeah. doing. He sounds like the kind of guy who puts a lot of sketches up. We're on, going to uh, see him tonight. He's doing this thing called um, uh, Fred, Fred Talk? Talks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ideas not worth spreading. Yeah. <laughs> so, I gotta talks. check this guy yeah, out. I, I, I got a, I got we got two tickets to that. We're gonna go see it tonight. Uh, okay. Yeah. Actually, actually, one of the funniest things I've seen uh, uh, was uh, I think it's from uh, he was in Edinburgh. He was doing the Fringe Festival and stuff. Mm. He's done that a few years. And uh, there was this thing where he's basically in his big spandex, like a weird superhero. And doing the stage show, and at one point he's going around with this frame that it says "kiss cam" under it, right? And he's holding it around the audience. How do I find this guy on Instagram? I'm, I need to hook uh, up with him right away. But anyway, he's holding up he's, he's holding up this kiss cam square, right? And then at one point he holds it in front of this woman, and then he thrusts his crotch into the frame, <laughs> and the crowd dies. And then a minute, a second later, of course, he's you know. What's his what? name? Vigo. Uh, Vigo Van. There he is. Vigo friend. You know what? I'm already following him. Of course you are. Course somebody, you are. somebody had already told me about this guy. Apparently, <laughs> let me turn on all of my notices for yeah. all of his. There we go. Yeah, no, that guy's a first Nor first Norwegian on the moon. It says here. <laughs> you know, I buy check it. him out. People. I buy it. I buy it. Um, no, Vigo is amazing. Lots I, of energy. I, I just, I, I love stand up, but I, God, I miss it. Yeah. This is why this is so nice to have both of you in here. <laughs> Uh, a double shot of comedy because I miss it. Yeah, I just I haven't been capable of doing it for now over a year. Yeah, so I'm kind of watching from the fringes and just kind of wishing. Getting jealous? <laughs> uh, no, not no, quite quite the opposite. I've been I I, I think it's um, I've been enjoying the success and the happiness of you guys. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, seeing Ania James and and people like. Uh, like Joachim and others, yeah. uh, hitting the road. Yeah, Not yeah. just doing a gig here and yeah. there, but they, they, they hit the road. Joachim so yeah, yeah. so has yeah. been doing a good... He, I, I should have been on that tour. He asked me to go with Who? him. Oh, really? Joachim, I kitty. Oh, word. Oh, for real. And, but I, I just, I, I can't, you know, this, uh, this shoulder and the next, the they next didn't surgery. Ask me. And all they, that did, they didn't ask me. I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. for the yeah. record. Hey, man, I wasn't there's, asked. There's, there's, <laughs> I feel guilty is too. It? <laughs> it's I not, it's like, not because you're I black. Like, I was like, I wasn't asked. No, it is. Yeah. There's only room for one. Okay? <laughs> Wait, are you talking about? I barely <laughs> let him come on this podcast, okay? There's only room for one. No, no but they, they, um, Joachim asked me if I wanted to join that and, and, I almost said yes, but I just knew if I, I, I can't, you know, yeah. I just can't. I would have made it through maybe one or two shows 
and then I would have had to quit. So oh, there's also only room for one barrel-chested man in that van. Right? <laughs> I, think you and, I think you and Enya, that'd be a tough queen. <laughs> that guy's, and, a, that and, guy's and, like a... And Joachim, too. That guy's a jiu-jitsu. <laughs> yeah, what is it, jiu-jitsu he does? Yeah, yeah. yeah jiu-jitsu, yeah. 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 And he looks so calm and friendly, but he'd end up tying you up in a pretzel if you ever got in a... <laughs> Yeah, no, he's a, he's a weird one. He's got all these vicious jokes, too, but he's just such a sweetheart underneath. You just love, know it's I not coming Inia. from a mean place. Yeah. I love him, yeah. I want to get him here in the studio, too. I've had him on uh, twice, I think. Was, it, uh, oh, really? I think I've had him on twice i believe i heard the one where you were talking to him at least about the the you know his schooling in new zealand and stuff like that i think i had that one and then i had another one about we were talking about cryptocurrency yeah was that all in the same episode i, I think it, i think it was the same one because i've been following you you haven't had i supposed twice. to know these things <laughs> I don't know. okay yeah. do, you have, do you have an agent or manager I, obviously i need <laughs> yeah. one obviously i need one you're too big already <laughs> no but uh he, he's a great guy i think he's yeah. i think there's a lot of elements to any of that that yeah. people haven't really discovered yet I think he's he's got that financial uh, wizardry, you know, with the cryptocurrency. He's got his stand-up. He's got his filmmaking. He's doing this jujitsu thing. Yeah. yeah. He's a multifaceted guy. Yeah. It's but always I th- nice to people. Uh, I, I'm always inspired by seeing people sort of pursue things that aren't just sort of the, the traditional route or the traditional yes. job. And, you know, they're... they're they're choosing. They're choosing how they suffer. You know, like uh, yeah. everybody's gonna. This is like so this book I'm reading is like um, everybody. Everybody's going to suffer at something. Yes. We all we all suffer, right? Sure. But a uh, few few of us choose why we suffer. Right? <laughs> you know, that's a good observation. You know? That's a, a few good of us observation. Choose why we suffer? Like um, you 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 choose to you know, go and squat three of me or four of me on each side of the five. plate. Five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I weigh 80. 80. <laughs> Do the math. <laughs> 120 on each side, right? <laughs> Four and a half of you. God damn. Roughly. Roughly. God damn. <laughs> right? But you choose to sort of give up that time and you choose how you Self-imposed suffer. Self-imposed right? suffering, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. choose how you suffer. Um, I, 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 uh, I go to the gym at you know, 5 a.m. in the morning because I, I, know, I, I, I want a certain level of fitness. You get in I early. Yeah, 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 I get in early. I choose Good. how I suffer. Uh, my career takes tons of time from me, right? But it's leading somewhere, and I choose how I suffer. Right. Yeah. That's a great observation. We, I'll say this: not everyone chooses how they suffer, but everyone can choose. Everyone should how they choose. suffer. They should mm. absolutely. And I'm a proponent of self-imposed uh, hardship because that hard. I put everything in a training uh, frame of mind. When you train, you know, the heavier you train squat, the more your body has to adjust. Exactly. The more prepared it will be for that exactly. for that larger. Uh, burden to yes, come. Yes, that larger stimuli. Exactly. And and that that can be applied to life in general, I believe. And um, I almost want to say shame on those who don't have that similar outlook on yeah, life, no, because you can get so much yeah. more out of life. And that's, I don't think there's anything egotistical so about that. Pain and suffering are not a bug; they're a feature. Exactly. Yeah. And and the whole thing about getting more out of life. There's again, I don't think there's anything capitalistic or or. or egotistic about that because the more you get out of life the better prepared you are for challenges and the more challenges you take upon yourself the stronger you're going to be and that's going to put you in a better position not just for yourself but for your friends and family yeah Yeah. and uh we were talking about this earlier that i I feel like um you know it's this uh this world of mass exceptionalism where you know everything we see is from sort of the extreme end of human yes. experience, the 99.1999 percent of the most epic feats, the right. greatest thing someone's done today, the the the, the best place someone's been to today. Or the what about whole, the common person or, or the and their shit. struggles? Yeah. And, and but but most of life is really 
mundane and boring right, and, and right. not the common, extraordinary. The common person out in the street has the same struggles as that exceptional athlete right. or that exceptional yeah. business person. Yeah. It's just personalized. It's just it's their struggle. In, in fact, someone uh, uh, was um, well, this author, Mark Manson. It was going on about how uh, he would argue that no pro there's no such thing as a personal problem. Everybody's problems are the same. Uh, there's no there's no right. unique problems. There's right. no such thing as a personal problem. What makes things unique is your perception of it, yeah. right? Yeah. Your way of dealing with it. But you're right. You know, I, there's no way I can come across a problem in my life that you absolutely cannot come across no, in your it's life. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. <laughs> and I think I think it's important to recognize, at least in oneself, that um, problems are going to be there. But what I do about them is the only thing that's changing. Like, that, like the, the default shouldn't be that I don't have problems. The default's that I'm ready to solve my problems because I will always have problems. Does 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 all this philosophy make you tired in your, in your friendship? You're quite the philosopher. You're quite the philosopher also. Yeah, you, sure. You, you, uh... I never recovered from my existential crisis at twelve. <laughs> so it's been a never-ending uh, psychological. It's uh, hard to climb the life ladder when you don't see the importance of it. Like in the end, I'm not a nihilist, but it's like it's it's hard to buy into the way life and the world is structured. So much of it is bullshit and absurd, and it's so hard to buy into it when you feel like there's no point. Are you a cynic? Yeah, definitely. I, I'm I'm also an optimist, though. I I, I do I I do. Problem is, I I want to do this into a bit. My problem is, I keep meeting these smart girls who are really smart in fields that crush all hope. Like, uh, <laughs> in 2009, I was with this girl who was about to start a PhD in climate change, right? So she kind of gave me the little rundown on just how we're fucked, yeah. how fucked are we, and blah, 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 right? But it, was, it was worse than that? I thought. Do you want to hear that at the start of a relationship? <laughs> that is, yeah, when I'm flooded with is love it, chemicals, it, that's it, the best time. Is, is, Don't tell me when I'm jaded <laughs> and when we're down to just hand jobs. <laughs> Give me it when it's... You know, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, she laid that on me, and it was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm reeling. <laughs> yeah. Went, yeah, anyway, and, and then she laid that on me, and I was reeling from that a bit. Yeah. And then later on, I met my uh, soon-to-be wife uh, at that point, uh, now now divorced. But uh, she she was, had a master's degree in social psychology. Oh, God. Which... You know, I don't know if you guys know, but basically that field was uh, started so people could show, you know, why, how could the Nazis do what they did? And then <laughs> they proved like, oh, we're all good little Germans <laughs> down there, right? And and uh, she's, she, her, her take is essentially like, yeah, humanity's fucked. We're not going to get our act together. And, and there's so much good evidence for that in social psychology as to why we can't turn shit around. Yeah, but that's a view that says there's more ugly in the world than beauty. And I can't get, I, I don't get on with that. No, but I can't if, dig that. That's, that's... Uh... No, but no, no, no. It's well worth saving. But my issue is that there's a handful of people who are mortgaging the future and running us off a cliff. And not just us. We're in the sixth extinction event in the history of uh, the oh. planet. We're at now tantamount to a fucking meteor. That's humanity. Yeah, now that's true. You have these uh, uh, elitists. I mean, it's very evident in the United States yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. with the previous administration that you, you've got this gang of of uh, elitists who are just. Uh, Doing as they please, and it's not to the benefit of uh, the common man and woman on the street. And I think the worst thing is it's not it's not just mustache twirling bad guys. It's <laughs> systemic, right? It's like if you don't maximize profit for your shareholders, you're being derelict in your duties, right? 
That's, That's right. an actual thing. You can be prosecuted for not maximizing your fucking, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Get a Profits. <laughs> My coffee. I'm sharing with you, pal, not you sharing with me. Okay. I'm, 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 corporate. I'm corporate, so I don't want to say anything. That's good. I will. Oh, yeah. I'll, 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 this guy's the enemy. Like, mm, this guy. Yeah. I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Profits are bad. We are an odd couple. Chocolate, vanilla, poor, fucking honest way to be rich. But look, I don't think there's. Uh, people speak about the, the current state of the world in such absolutes. Um, think they'll, they'll, in other words, you have this, this, this faction who will say, Things are bad. Yep. There's nothing we can do. How about things are bad, but there's also a lot of good. We actually have less war, less armed conflict going on in the world today than we've ever had before. I have a feeling. Not, that's, not ever before, but in the I don't know since the past whenever. You, you, you know? don't think that'll increase when we have climate refugees coming from? You know? Of course it will. Of course it will. But again, when the water uh, but, but is again, more scarce. Yeah, but again, uh, there's there's these people out there that will say things are horrible. Yeah. And let's just prepare for doomsday. Uh, what about things are horrible? What are we going to do about it? There's still because there's still hope. Actually, I was I was going to say, seeing as he was talking about being Mr. Corporate over here, I will speak up for the corporate <laughs> class a little bit because uh, hedge fund managers and stuff uh, around the world are now going like, okay, you guys are fucking up our bottom line if you keep doing this brinksmanship. So they're starting to be like, you're going to have to divest into green yeah. before we start backing things again. And you even see things like, you know, I, I mean, it's greenwashing to a certain extent, but BP but, and whatnot. But green, are, green does not uh, ruin the bottom line necessarily. So, no, no, no. But, so but he's talking about if you do choices that that prolong our dependency on fossil fuels and that makes the planet less likely to, you know, be good for us, right? Yeah. Okay. That, that's that's a bad investment as far as they're concerned. That's fucking yeah. up their bottom yeah. line. So they're yeah. flipping the script now. Uh, um, um, it it it, sh- it should be it should be good business sense to not want to. I don't know. Kill your food, <laughs> you know. Like if I, like uh, if you're if you're a vampire, you have to go to sleep every thousand years so that the humanity can recover. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, I played a video game once, and you you came. Across, it's called it's like Elder Scrolls Skyrim, yeah. and you come across this infestation of like vampires, and you can read their you can read their books where they're talking about sustainable usage of humans, where it's like you deplete them a little bit, toss them back, because you don't want to exhaust them, right? That's really that's, yeah. Sustainable vampire. <laughs> yeah. Sustainable vampirism. That's the, the, what the guys is them. That's what humanity <laughs> should be looking up to right now. Um, no, no I, I don't know. I, I just can't. I just can't get down with the fatalistic thing. Um, so, I think, am I naive? I don't know. I, so, uh, I would argue that if you drew a graph from like zero time until now, right? Uh, like you know, the the, the, the the horizontal bar is sort of zero is time. Yeah, and over here is sort of um, amount of hangings we go and watch. (laughs) (laughs) Right, I would argue we start off going to watch a fair amount of hangings as a group. We take our kids to go watch hangings. You know, not too long ago, it was hey, it's a hanging. Let's go watch it. Uh, It's stoning. Let's go stone somebody. (laughs) Right, and there's less there's less group stonings and less group hangings that we're willing to go and watch. I mean. The last one was probably like uh, Saddam, right? That was like the I was last just thinking of Saddam hanging, and right? some of his henchmen. That was yeah, fairly that was, that was publicized. The, yeah, I mean, that was, was one of the last event. group hangings. Yeah. Mm. and you know, like uh, we had to, we had to work for that. We had to demonize him for a few twenty years. For we're like, okay, we're we're ready for a it's hanging. Really we're ready for I a mean, public the, hanging. The guillotine was last used in seventies in France. Right, right, <laughs> but uh, but I mean that the 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 amount of sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, it used to be common entertainment. Take your kids out. The amount of public. The amount of Statistically, they should just count 
the amount of times we actually, as a group, go and attend these hangings, I would argue is going less and less, simply because there's more and more people now who recognize or who agree that, hey, this isn't something we should be collectively doing. It's not, yeah. it's not, we, we um, the idea of a collective well, society, society collective has progressed in, yeah, yeah, when it comes to that, yeah. Right? yeah. We, we, we agree more on what, we have, we have a more general idea of good and general idea of bad. Yeah. We've uh, redefined what is humane and yeah, what is inhumane. Yeah. And uh, as time goes, hopefully have less and less and less of those thing is we got some crafty ass people in charge right at the top uh, this is a point i heard from a former teacher of mine he was making a point about um modern slavery right because you think back to like oh you know the 1800s and whatever and, and the slavery that was rampant then and there's actually probably more slaves in the world yeah today than ever than before, ever before. Yeah. a human life is worth way less now yeah. than ever before you because we've redefined talking about changes and yeah. yeah. developments yeah, we've redefined what that, slavery yeah. means so it's like it's like it's going up in some ways down in other ways like and they're getting so good at kind of covering it right you get one factory down it's like all right we'll check that yeah. out and now we're good right yeah i think yeah. i think my, my my honest measure of human progress is yeah. um how many people we are conscious of and are willing to take care of at any point in time and uh, and, and uh how if, compassionate are we yeah, for those who have less how compassionate are we uh how compassionate do we say we are and how compassionate actually <laughs> are we on paper yeah. yeah but you see the, the people people in the corporate world are real good at uh, for example when when things kind of jumped off last summer in the states with black lives matter and whatnot mm -hmm. you had all of these big corporations saying that they're going to put so much money towards supporting black lives matter they're going to do all of these internal um racial education programs and whatnot and they spoke loud and clear about what they were going to do yeah. Somebody did a study. I wish if I can find it, I'll link to it in the description yeah. of the episode. But somebody did a study of what have they actually done, done. and they haven't even come in more come more than five percent down the road towards achieving John's what they said they were going to do. I think. No, I but, think, well, uh, well, but okay, okay, but 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 see, but see, here here's the thing. How can these corporations be held accountable for that? When right. we know yeah. that they talked all that shit about supporting. Yeah. They act, but more than a year later, they haven't done it. You know, How do we hold them accountable? There's three companies that I, I think it was one that I was surprised did something about it. It was Amazon. <laughs> and uh, they stopped letting the U.S. police use their uh, um, facial detection system. Really? I didn't yeah. hear about that. Because, uh, because it, uh, it was trained uh, mostly uh, by you know, white data scientists yeah. who give it mm -hmm. <laughs> mostly faces of white men. Uh, and so it uh, has a it, it doesn't actually tell black men apart very well in bad lighting. I just right? I, I just saw something on uh, on the news, American news, a couple of days ago, about a black man, a black woman. I'm sorry, who took it to court yeah. because some facial recognition thing software, had her yeah. picked up for a arrest warrant yeah. that another yeah. black woman had. Exactly. And when you look at them in real life, you look at real photographs, yeah. and they're just, it's yeah. obvious yeah. that they're so, not the same person. So Amazon, Amazon actually said, look, uh, up until you guys sort out your issues, you can't they, use our software. Okay. And it was, again, it's, 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 it's again, it's- I don't a, like it, but Amazon way themselves. to go, Amazon. Yeah, I don't but, like to say this. But to be but, fair, they wrote bad software, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was. It's not the cops' fault. Right. The software is picking out the wrong. So in other words, Amazon. So in other words, Amazon. So in other words, Amazon's statement that about their supposed support for equality yeah. and about lessening discrimination against black people was quite false. In this, in this particular in case, words. in the context of using their uh, their uh, facial recognition software, in this particular case, um, 
they did pull it back. Uh, I think a couple other companies as well, Google and I think IBM also okay. said, okay, look, we're going to have to actually look at this again. Um, I, I, have, I had a bit about this earlier like with the smartwatches. When they first came out, oh, right. they were using red lasers, right? Yeah. And um, the, they actually use a, 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 the, the laser to bounce off the light off the skin and detect then sort of uh, reverberations and figure out how your heart rate. And that only works well if you have light pigment. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? So okay. Apple, Fitbit, um, Samsung, they all had to record all their shit and have them remade them with green lasers and the green lasers are slightly more expensive <laughs> I had another guest named Anthony Dr. Anthony excuse me playing footsie, playing yeah. footsie with Isaac under the That's table nice. <laughs> you like that uh, <laughs> Uh, Dr. Anthony, I had him on and he does a lot of work about equality in the production world, um, which a lot of people don't think about. Um, you know, if I be, if, if Apple or, or whoever comes out with a new computer, are there things that can be done in the manufacturing of that computer that will make it easier for minorities to use or people who are marginalized? This guy studies that. And... It's, it's, it's interesting to see how, again, and I don't know how genuine it is if, 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 uh, if Amazon fixes their software. I'll give you a silly, I'll give you a very silly example. Very but, but your, but your thing about the watch, yeah. see, this is the kind of things that Dr. Anthony studies yeah. is nobody would think that there's any discrimination, racism or marginalizing in a, in a smartwatch, <laughs> yeah. but there is. Yeah. I bought it. I went to the gym and it's literally the main feature I bought it for is not working. Oh, you just but gotta the, tighten but, it, but, right? and, and, but, what's, but what's interesting, <laughs> yeah. but, see, but see, here's what's interesting, is that there, there's a, there's certain people who, and I see this here in Norway yeah. all the time. Yeah. Whenever I talk about racism or marginalizing yeah. of minorities, they just don't want to hear it. It doesn't happen here in Norway, they say. Yeah. I've had a friend be like downright, uh, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're roommates, and, uh, and, um, and I come home, and I've had something racist happen to me. I'm trying to explain it to him. And he goes, Anthony, I just don't care. Oh shit! Yeah, and, and but and, that's that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> and I'm, sitting and I'm like, sure he didn't mean anything bad by no, that. He didn't come from that. Didn't come as, from a mean as far place. As he's concerned, exactly. He's my friend. He loves me. We're bros. If I need a if I need a loan or anything like that, or if I need a yeah. wingman, yeah. he's there. Right? He's my roommate. He cares about me. <laughs> as far as he's concerned. That's the limit of his. He, he does not have the capacity <laughs> to care about whether I had a racist experience. But it's that not. not caring thing that allows the marginalizing to. You know, again, it's it can be something as simple. And I put simple in air quotes because it's a real thing with a, with a smartwatch that cannot register okay. the skin so, properly if you're darker skin. Uh, my, uh, we, we talk about this often, and I think one of the things uh, I, li- I really like about Eric, one of the reasons we're such good friends, is also because he's already broken in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I did that myself. That's Nobody what, sat that's, me. That's what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> he's already broken, broken in. Broken sounds in. like somebody else did it too. <laughs> so, <laughs> Bro. Anyway, they, they, the result is the same, right? Um, but uh, what I, but like, I'll, I'll talk to like... <laughs> he just erased all of your outfit and everything. You, know, you didn't do this someone did this nah, for you. Like his wife, his experiences, uh, the jobs he's had, yeah. he sort of had a lot more exposure than the sort of the average Norwegian or the average white person in general. Yeah. And um, when we, when I talk about sort of when we talk about things that I think are racially charged, um, 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 maybe like once or twice in the last five years, where I be like, hey. Instead of saying, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Can you actually like, you know, relate to what just happened? Right? And that's maybe like once in like five years. Whereas the most people that I talk to, it's, are you sure you saw right. what you saw? Exactly. Ex, ex-girlfriends. I mean, I had an ex-girlfriend who was doing, she had pictures of herself dressed as Nicki Minaj in blackface for Halloween. Oh. Right? 
and Blackface. she can't tell why that's bad. Right. She's like, no, but I, I, I have, I have you inside me. Like, come on, I can't be racist. But and see, and that's 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 the part that I don't get. Maybe that's the naive country boy in me that says that people should understand. Doesn't matter if you haven't experienced it yourself. You should understand that when I or another brown person uh, tells you our experience, you should just just. Take it. Just take that in. Take that in at face value. Don't question it. Don't try to negate it. Uh, So the the simple, straightforward thinking person in me says that people should be able to do that. And then, so then that poses the question, why do people resist the reality Um, of racism, of marginalizing? Why do people resist it? There's a lot of very good research. I mean, I think there's more research on race like like the uh, I think you've had papers being written on race and race issues since like the since like the 1800s. Yeah. Uh, as soon as as soon as you introduced <laughs> black people to the environment, uh, I think the first kind of protest writing that minorities did was was uh, the first kind of writing minorities did was protest writing. Yeah. Right. So that's the first time I wrote anything down. Was say, yo, <laughs> listen, hey, hey now, <laughs> what the hell? Right. <laughs> that's the first time we started writing things down. It was protest writing. Um, most of the first books we wrote were protest books. Uh, the Miseducation of the Negro, uh, Carter G. Wood, Carter, Carter G. Right. Wilson. Yeah, right? yeah. I, that is a pure protest book. Right. Right. It's, it's saying, hey, as a black man or as a minority being raised in America, if you're being raised by the society that colonized you, you are ill-equipped to raise up your community. That's right. Because your community, because your community is going to grow through very different tools and traditions and the, and the schools that you go to are going to devalue all of those things see but it's it's little things in there that people grab onto when they um manifest their protest yeah. to the reality of racism mm. they'll say you know when you talk about the differences in schooling they'll say a school is a school what are you talking yeah. about <laughs> you went to this you went to school uh, just like i did uh, and they refuse the the they refuse the facts they refuse the micro yeah uh, the, I call them yeah. micro facts. You know the the the, the little things. Of course, yeah. everyone goes to school. That's a fact. But the micro fact is is that my schools aren't funded like yours, yeah. based upon what not, neighborhood I live in. Not just that. Even if you're in the same schools, you can you can you don't well, even have to look towards again, you don't even micro have to, facts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was just going to say that you don't have to even have to look towards uh, race specific research on this. Like yeah. just what happens when you introduce expectations to kids, right? This is a gifted kid. This is a troubled kid, and they get treated that way. Yeah. If there are any unconscious biases in a teacher's Absolutely. head, absolutely. It's going to affect that. Freakonomics, there's um, there's an example of a guy who (laughs) decides to name his oldest son uh, Winner and his youngest son (laughs) Uh, Loser. (laughs) (laughs) And Winner goes on to be like an entitled brat who's always arrested and ends up in prison. And Loser becomes a policy tactic. Yeah, yeah, you you know. True story, right? The dad's probably a douchebag, <laughs> but the true story, Name is right? kid, winner, and loser. <laughs> That's yeah, the only thing they proved. Exactly. I was, by the way, I was going to say, thank you for giving me kudos for, for you know, being fairly understanding over five years, even though I've only known you for two. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit, it's only two? Yeah, but you're, yeah, yeah. you're a thinker. You're three, an analyzer. Three. You know, you... you 2018. Um, 2018, yeah, yeah, yeah getting out of three, yeah. You're the kind of person that I would say I, I can't help but like you because of the way you approach just about everything. You're a thinker. Oh. You're an, uh, <laughs> no. You're a thinker. You analyze things. You know. You've told me how you hold back on commenting on social media because you yeah. know you think about okay, well, what's going to happen if I write? Yeah, and I feel I, really I feel too much if people write back. But I was, was going to say though on the on the whole uh, why do people push back and stuff though. 
I mean, you can see that probably the same thing with dudes when it comes to the trials and tribulations of women, right? Yeah. Unless, mm. it, like, you don't see it. It doesn't happen around you. Like, I had an ex-girlfriend. We went to South America, and I remember she went out once without me. And she came back, and she's like, God damn, I just got so many cat calls and so much annoying attention and stuff. Yeah. When I go out with her, it's like, oh, wait, she's in the possession of a, she's a dude's possession. We're not going to respect her as his possession. Right, right. All these things dudes don't notice because it's just default. Yeah. And they, oh, I don't see women getting harassed. Yeah. Right, I have, a, right. I have a friend who was telling me that, um, you know, uh, if, if she's walking down the street and somebody, even catcalling, and if she responds badly to the cat call, she's in danger. Yeah. And I, that freaked me out. Like, yeah. Here in Oslo, like a young Manhattan, <laughs> she's walking, she's trying to catch a tram, and somebody says, hey, you look good. And she ignores it, and they get angry that she's ignoring them. But see, people have to look beyond their own horizons. Um, Snoopy, my wife, yeah. told me that there was no racism in Norway <laughs> when we first met. And I asked her, you know, before I go to the land of pure lily white, I want to know what's going on there with the... Oh, there's no racism here. But, yeah, but yeah. that's because... It, in her world, you know, within the boundaries of her horizon, yeah. she had never seen it or never recognized. I'm sure she saw it, but she didn't recognize it as racism. Uh, but now that she has a black, excuse me, a strong black husband, <laughs> she, uh, that, that's her own word. She never says my husband. She says my husband is a strong. So hats off to Snoopy. All right, check it out. Check it out. So, he squats but, four and a half Anthony's. <laughs> four and a half Anthony's. But, but now that she she has me in her life. Yeah. Now she sees, yeah. you know, so it's been, it's been an educational process for her. And I'm not saying that in any kind of degrading or patronizing way, but it has literally been an education for her in all things racism. This is, uh, I just want to say one thing that uh, the word ignorance shouldn't be seen as such a slur. You know, it's, no, it's, it's uh, everybody's ignorant of a ton of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, I think it is a problem of definition and exposure. Yeah. Um, yes. The idea of racism is very much, I think, most people's idea of racism is that it's something only bad people do. Uh, it's, it's something that only you know, what's it, who's this dude who um, who uh, who uh, was uh, George, the George Floyd case? Who, who was the police officer? Oh, Chauvin. Chauvin, Chauvin right? Derek Chauvin. It's, you have to be a Derek Chauvin to have racism. Exactly. Right. That's what the world thinks of as racism. He was railroaded. I'm a chauvinist. And, and for me, and for me, and for oh, me that is special. That's unique. Yes. That, that, that's not the common racism. We're talking. That, that's right. the, that's the that's yeah. the up there. Yes. The general racism we're talking about yeah. is the. Or day-to-day racism that uh, well, the average person, the non-mean, non-ugly person does. Yes. Well, to it's me, to me, chains. racism is more of a. I'm, I'm more occupied with the systemic yeah, aspects yeah. of racism, yeah. and I don't really care to do too much on the individual. I can't so, change that. I'm not yeah. looking to change an individual's mind. Yeah. I'm looking to bring awareness and hopefully change to the systemic yeah. aspects of racism. Excuse me, and I think people get that confused yeah, a little yeah. bit when it comes to my approach. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's the individual. I mean, of course, if you're a person of power, you as an individual racist, you can ruin a lot of lives, but I think that is the outlier. I don't think that's the common experience of racism. The common experience is the social thing, the systemic thing. Yeah. So I, um, Um, he I, thinks I, that's funny I to explain but like um, I had a job uh, I don't know if I should name the company it's one of the top you won't get sued I will it's, <laughs> it's one of the top 20 IT companies in the world and uh, I have a job there I had a job there um, yeah, I yeah I was working there for a bit and uh, I remember going to one of the HR parties there one of the parties and the one, some of the HR ladies see me sorry saying this wrong i'm going to one of the parties and they go hey you work here 
And I was like, yeah. And they're like, wow, you must be really good at your job. And I'm like, crap. <laughs> oh. And these, these chicks were in HR. Are you supposed to say thank you? Oh, and they're in HR. Oh, they're in HR. HR. And it's like, should I say thank you to them? Should like, I say thanks? I'm like, wait, Is that a- you guys are HR. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, is that a micro or a mini version? <laughs> see, and that right there is hot. I think they were trying to flirt. But that's a perfect example of how racism manifests itself, exactly. and sometimes yeah. it's quite uh, innocent. It's yeah. quite. Yeah. Um, but it's the exact same mechanism. Exactly. Exact same mechanism. Exactly. If I wasn't in the building uh, um, uh, working there, yeah. what would I have been seen as then? Yeah. Right. 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 Uh, if I was in the tram in the back with with uh, with uh, three other black people. What would I have been seen as then? Exactly. Right? If I'm wearing my glasses, if I'm not, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's a silly, it's a, it's a, it's a I, I personally try to, um, it's like, um, I find it quite tiring sometimes. Like, uh, I, I, Cause I, I wanted to ask you because you and I have a lot of similarities, but again, we also have quite different reference yeah. points. Yeah. You're African, I'm yeah. American. Yeah. Talk about your frustration. Yeah. So, so uh, like, uh, there's a lot of times where like um, I'll be out and somebody goes, "Hey, where are you from?" And I, I sound American. I'm like, "Hey, where are you from?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm from Africa." Like, oh. fuck just happened (laughs) wait is that wait what (laughs) and uh uh, you seem blackish yeah yeah Yeah, and uh, i was like i heard all this raving uh good good news about blackish i'm like yeah you know kenya barris let me check it out and like one of the first episodes i think it's the first episodes uh his kid goes to school and he's like oh i made some new friends uh one of them is an african kid an african kid the dad says yeah he's from malawi Ooh, don't hang out with that kid <laughs> I turned Damn. off the show. Damn. I was like, dude, I'm not trying to reinforce negative stereotypes. Right. I am at home in my safe place. Give yeah. me some Deep Space Nine. Give me some cool black guy <laughs> doing some cool shit yeah. that is refle- like doing some smart shit, right? Or black as fuck, I can watch. Okay, right? yeah. Because yeah. Um, it's like I tell Eric, like uh, the TV in my house is very, very, very curated. I cannot watch, I can't watch, uh, no offense, I can't watch cop shows. Okay. Twenty out of the twenty-two police shows that are on the average twenty-two police shows that are on TV, there's going to be at least eighty percent of them. One of the black guy, one of the bad guys is going to be a black guy, and it will just reinforce stereotypes that I won't even be noticing. Right. So I just so I can't watch them. Mm. Um, I can only watch like sci-fi cop shows because in sci-fi, uh, they're yeah. in, the, in the future we're all brown. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Right. There's a lot wider range of uh, nationalities. Right? I've written a um, bit. I haven't. I haven't, got, go I haven't gotten to them. use it yet, but I wrote a bit about how it's such a relief to watch the Star Wars movie and see uh, Lando Calrissian. Yeah, it's like yes, okay. Yeah. There's a they, they didn't yeah. get rid of us totally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and like, uh, like I, I, uh, I tend to pick my, my, my TV shows the way like you know uh, Americans pick uh, pick Barack out of a bag. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. yeah. What well, color is the protagonist? That's how the protagonist. And Netflix, Netflix knows this too. They'll probably trick me. You know, they yeah. put the one black guy in the cover. I'm like, come on. Suits does not have black people. <laughs> does you know, does you know the antagonist I, have to be white? <laughs> no. But you know what I do with uh, with with our two kids? Our daughter is uh, 15 now, and our son is 13. And if we're sitting down and we're watching a movie or a series or something, um, I will pluck out the educational moments, you know, mm. on that cop show. Mm. If the, the the if uh, the bad guy is is a is a stereotypical over the top yeah. yo yo motherfucker black, you know, yeah. Yeah. that kind. I'll I'll hit pause yeah. and I'll talk to my kids about Put that. Put in a little filter. Exactly. Absolutely. Translator's um, note. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll watch the yeah. series or the yeah. tele or television show or the or yeah. the the movie. Yeah. But I will stop and, and address that, yeah. that educational moment. Yeah. 
And I think it's these educational moments that a lot of people aren't willing to tolerate. Yeah. Again, going back to the to the smartwatch thing. Really if I were to bring if I bring that up, and maybe if you bring that up, a lot of people will just you know roll their eyes. Yeah. And like, oh. So the way that I try to address all this is I'll store it all up because it is tired. If it happens at work and it happens during yeah. my day. I'll store it all that shit up and then I'll try to make it as funny as possible. <laughs> and then I'll put it back on stage and then I'll be like, so. I'm black, right? <laughs> and my life is different from you because you motherfuckers don't seem to see color. Yeah. <laughs> but see, right? but see and, and that that's the artist in you. You know, I do that as well. I put those things, you know, my, my stand-up is quite race, racially charged. Mm. Um, my music has elements of that in it and my podcast definitely does. Do you feel any repercussions, any negative Mostly throwback positive. when you put those kind of Mostly do you positive yeah i mean like again like uh i i'm lucky knock on wood right um i've been having a pretty good uh a lot, lot pretty good fun with stand-up but a lot of the feedback that i get like even when i do like um i feel like i have very sophisticated dick jokes like you when i do dick <laughs> jokes and like i have a i have a i have a i have a girl with a boyfriend come up to me afterwards and she goes i really like your dick jokes <laughs> right because i'm not telling them I'm, I, I feel like um Almost all my jokes are always about me trying to communicate something that you don't normally think about. Like with a, but like I have a bunch of blackface jokes where I'm not trying to make somebody feel bad for doing blackface. Yeah. I'm trying to talk about how silly and inane it is, right? Yeah. And hopefully afterwards, if if you if you if the next time you think about it as a, as a white person who's never met a black person, if you think about my joke about it, then I've done my job, right? Right, right. Um, if I say if, I, if 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 you once said, "Hey, I don't see color," and I go up on stage and I warn you that I'm black because I know you don't see color, that should at least prompt you the next time you meet a black person to say, "Wait a minute, I do you I do see color." Exactly, <laughs> right? exactly. What am I What am I really saying here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. It's a uh... It's a, it's it's frustrating. Like you said, it, it's it's tiring. But you, as a white person, as a Norwegian, do you think the conversation on race? Do you think the conversation? On, let's expand that. Not just race, but let's say uh, gender equality. You know, the feminist movement in Norway is pretty doggone strong. Yeah. Is is. Are these things tiring for you to hear about or to discuss? I, 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 you guys were talking earlier about like why do people are so dismissive about it and stuff, and I think I can kind of feel where that comes from. Where, where, what's so your easy. thoughts on that? Well, you're raised, you're raised by with people going like, okay, this is Norway. We have everything we're supposed to. It's a small little country with very few issues and a lot of money. Norway's good. Don't complain, right? It's good. It's for certainly you. good enough. <laughs> Well, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're just raised up that way, right? Yeah. We're supposed to be happy about Norway. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I think when people criticize Norway, it's so easily to get defensive about it. Even I feel it. I'm not the biggest Norway fan. I'm not a huge fan of the country. I'm but you're from. proud of the country. And so you probably get a little, oh, come on, John, yeah, why are you not, talking? So, yeah. Not really, though. You know, I'm kind of disillusioned with Norway, but I still feel it in the back of my head. Like if I somebody see. criticizes and stuff, part of me is kind of like, Okay, what are your standards? So, what are you comparing it to? Yeah, but yeah. I, so and, and the same with you when you when you talk to me about some of the issues you come across. Very often, even though I do it less, probably mm. you probably every once in a while I'll I'll be checking and being like, you sure that's you know mm. <laughs> you sure that came from where you thought it did? <laughs> so so the I think the, the I think the most annoying thing for 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 a minority when you go like for example if I go I think that was racist, somebody goes, are you sure that was racist? It's yeah. like wait a minute, are you? 
not only now yeah. am I, uh, not only now that I have a racist experience, but also uh, I'm also incompetent. <laughs> yeah, right, right, <laughs> and, and incapable right. of actually maybe slightly paranoid. Yeah, there might be a mental paranoid. disorder exactly, here. Right? Yeah. And uh, and again, like I think I think in the, uh, I think personally for me, um, like. I do believe in this, like, we are all suffering from mass exceptionalism, right? Mm -hmm. from, from mass media exceptionalism. Um, we are all suffering from it. If you're, on, if you're on social media, if you watch TV, you, are, you have, have been infected by this mass media exceptionalism. Yeah. And it's very easy to identify with, I am awesome, nobody else is, no, and nobody else is, <laughs> or, or I am not awesome, and everybody else is. And mm. so I can feel special about that, mm. right? We all want to feel exceptional yeah. about something. Yeah, if pick not, up yourself or shit yeah, on everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Be, being exceptional should be normal. And if it's if you're not exceptional, then then you're mediocre, and mediocre is the worst thing that can happen. <laughs> and and I think that's what's wrong with the world in all things. And even in these discussions about race, right? Um, depending on the day I've had, I might find that you know what I just don't feel special today. Yeah. And and being racially uh, discriminated against or victimized makes me feel at least special or unique <laughs> in that right, moment. Right, right. I'm not saying that that's the... I, I understand, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, or, or, uh, or uh, uh, and I think it's the same thing for like, you know, like a, a, you know, a, a cis white gender male who's like, you know, my day has been fine today, but I'm going to complain that I'm a cis white gender male and that I should get more, more, more consideration. Um, and I think there's a there's a there's a it's, it's an equal extreme on the opposite end where you're like mm. I have no reason to be I have I have no reason to be worried and therefore uh, I should have something to complain about versus I have everything to complain about and therefore I'm special I have nothing to complain about and therefore I'm special yeah. do you know what I mean it's 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 the, it's the specialness it's not the complaints it's the specialness right. I don't know if I'm trying to make I don't know if I'm making sense <clears throat> no I. I don't think it's the actual complaints. It's those, we 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 all want to be special, and whatever whatever convenient mechanism or medium we have for identifying some sort of specialness. But you we know will. what the equalizer for all of that is is dialogue. Yeah, I talked with you about that a lot. Yeah. Um, if people would just talk more. Yeah. yeah. The person who says, "Are you sure that was racism that you experienced?" Yeah. If they would, that's fine that they say that, yeah. but then be quiet. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. say be quiet, but then. Listen, allow allow for the discussion yes. after that. Yes. And then that's the equalizer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And truly yeah, allow I, it to I, wash over you. You yeah, know. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's 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 unwelcome to a lot of people. And I think when it, when it comes to stuff like language, politics, religion, nationality, these are inexorably kind of attached to our person personality, right? So I think a lot of us, when we hear a criticism of it, we feel personally criticized in a way. Yeah. I, I think it's just a, one of those weird kinks about human <laughs> brains and we do well to check against it. One of the things I wish we'd do would be to change school curriculums so kids at some point during their mandatory schooling get some sort of coursing in, okay, this is how the brain works. You want to watch out for this pitfall, you know, like make people like a bit to, more skeptical of their I would like curriculum. to see them bring back. We had this um, when I went to school, um, you know, junior high school, high school where you would have, um, you would be schooled in how to debate. Right. And they would, we would conduct debates uh, among the students. And I don't see that happening in the Norwegian curriculum, and I don't even know if it's happening in the, Mer I know that some of the elite schools have debate teams yeah. Yeah. in America. But on the regular day-to-day -day normal uh, high school, junior high school level, I don't think that's happening. So people don't, know how to have a hard discussion and, and we're getting this thing and you see this a lot from uh, places like fox news and and 
from certain politicians here in Norway, even where if you don't agree with me, then there's something wrong with you mm. and you are to be, you are to be, I am to stay dis, remain distant from you and not engage with you for because example, you think differently. For example, um, I mean, even there's no dialogue. Watch, yeah. Even, even when you watch uh, the Senate now in the U S when they do the Senate dispositions, the way they, the way they had, um, was it uh, Rand? Rand Paul was yep. uh, trying to like uh, yep. talk shit to Fauci. Yep. And it's, it's not even about finding that even at that level, they can't have, <laughs> as leaders of the state, they can have discussions where that leads to actual truth. Well, it's that, and I say this, it is at that level. In fact, let's take it a level higher. I'll go back to former President Trump. Right. I believe that that is where this current thing of don't speak to those who disagree with you, that's where it came from. It started, there are elements of it. There's always been elements of that in, in American society. But I think it came to the forefront and it was normalized, not only normalized, but I think that it was actually actually um yeah. it, it, it was it was it was pushed out into society from the trump from trump and his administration if they don't think the way i think they're a bunch of idiots they're wrong they're the enemy thing is i think this is uh, desired by corporations and the media houses that you know put forward their agenda they want most people to feel like these two extremes are warring then 90% oh, it's are in great the middle. Entertainment. Yeah, no, it's great entertainment and it's good to make people feel like there's not much I can do, right? The yeah. world is so crazy. If if most people realize that the middle ground who are fed up with both sides, if they realize they could take power back, but their atomization I think is a major component component of things. That's why you got like, okay, they're earning more money than me and they shouldn't be and oh, taxes are too high and everybody's out for themselves. It's there's very little. But see, I think that's why podcasts and, and uh, uh, you see a lot of these shows, um, news shows that are on uh, YouTube. It's mm. basically a news channel, but it's independent and yeah. it's on, only on YouTube or you'll, yeah. excuse me, or you'll see a certain podcast, excuse me, who are fomenting or, or uh, uh, lifting up yeah. the whole concept of dialogue, yeah. the whole concept of independent thought and of analyzing yeah. The issues, actual because you're length. not getting that on the on the on the regular yeah. news media and anymore. A lot, and a lot of people tend to sort of uh, think that they can have these conversations on social media. Um, <laughs> that they, you know, like I, uh, I love and hate social media. <laughs> I do. It's it's um it's a what what did the uh, book I'm reading uh, um uh the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson. Uh, if you go in there to take a dump, yeah. that book is sitting right in front of my toilet, my toilet right now. There you go. Place, I, I, right. I got it maybe yeah. a month ago, and I, I'm like I got four it. chapters into it. I, yeah, think, I got it on this last two. I got it on the, on the just the other day, and I was stuck in the <laughs> waiting for my corona testing yesterday. So I just got into it, and I'm loving it. And one, yes. of, the, one of the things he talks about in there is um, this uh, this idea that um, the the now I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> I, I start talking about dumps and you say, like, <laughs> in with, out, out with the bad, in with the good. Yeah. No, um, we were talking about... Dialogue. Yeah, di dialogue, the, the value of dialogue and how these different mediums are bringing back Yes, yes, dialogue. yes, yes. Yeah. And he was there saying that um, the uh, uh, social media is probably one of the best things to happen to us. It's also one of the worst things to happen to yeah. us because exactly. mass yeah. exceptionalism has been the way of 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 um of uh, monetizing things for a long time even before the internet and social media well, but, but what define define yeah define mass exceptionalism so mass exceptionalism is basically the fact that uh, we are we are trying to f to entertain us uh, entertain humans and entertain uh, entertain each other and we tend to pick the the uh, the top end of human experiences for that right yeah. so whereas back in the day you might watch one movie 
or two movies about sort of you know a war and one movie about yeah. you know a, a romance and another maybe a Disney movie about this and that. Nowadays, in a in a, in a single day, you can have a thousand different you know uh, examples of somebody jumping <laughs> off a cliff or okay. having some amazing experience where no matter what you it, it, if if uh, if you think you're having a norm if, if you think you're normal and you have a normal life, all you have to do is go online and just you know not even look very far, and you'll have a thousand examples of why you should be exceptional, and you not being exceptional now is not normal. Okay, right? um, it's uh, um, we sell except back in the back in the sixties or back in the fifties after the World War one after World War two, uh, when America was trying to uh, really really boost and revitalize uh, the economy. They uh, turned to um, what was his name? Edward, Edward Bernays. Yeah. Edward Bernays, who had been the head of propaganda for. Um, Didn't they name a sauce after him? Uh, they named a bunch of things. Bernays Differently sauce? spelled. Yeah, they named a bunch. Oh, of yeah, things. He was okay. the nephew of Sigmund yeah, Freud. Sigmund Freud. Yeah. He's oh, one, really? Yeah. yeah. He, okay. He's the one who coined the term public relations. Okay. Right. And uh, he was the one who changed from selling you uh, a vehicle that will last, that has good mileage, uh, good gas, uh, and so on, to hey, put a hot girl in the car and sell an emotion. He also got gotcha. women to smoke. He got women to smoke by uh, um, so during the suffragette parade, he had a bunch of girls wear short skirts and uh, and uh, uh, what do they call those um, uh, leggings? Yeah. And uh, and as they got to Times Square, they were to stop, lift up their skirts, and in those skirts was packs of Lucky Strikes. Oh, each pull one, pull one out and light one. All in concert, a freedom torch. Exactly, a freedom torch. So yeah. this is the yes. guy that started all of women, this stuff. Yeah. That women was... are independent and can smoke if they want to. Sales skyrocketed. Yeah. Okay. Right. And Edward Bernays is probably responsible for yeah. uh, a lot of the uh, mass exceptionalist uh, okay. marketing that the industry, any sales industry, does today. There's, oh, there's a really good documentary about that called "The Century of the Self." Yes, yeah. the, yeah. Century the Century of the, of the Self, self. Yeah. by it's Adam a Curtis. Four-part yeah. four, four BBC documentary. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, that's fascinating. Okay, so that's mass exceptionalism yeah. then. And uh, and, so, and and today, because of the internet, you know, you've managed yeah. to open source mass exceptionalism, and mass <laughs> exceptionalism really drives these feelings of I must be exceptional all the time. Yeah. Okay, uh, my, gotcha. all, all my pictures on my posts should be me doing amazing things, and uh, and pain and sadness and anything negative are a bug and not a feature of life. Right. 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 Um, we've gotten to a point where pain, sadness, any kind of suffering are not part of normal life it's not exceptional um and this mass exceptionalism so we've managed to outsource shame we've managed to outsource this idea of always feeling ashamed of not being exceptional okay and that's yeah. what one of the really dark sides of social media um and if you don't feel like you know like, like you're saying with your kids if you don't if you if you're unable to filter out your use Time, like maybe manage your use and filter out, you know, sort of. I'm I'm on social media to sort of see my friends, see some events, and then get off. And then get in, yeah, yeah. get in and get out. Yeah. Whereas Joe Rogan says, post and ghost. <laughs> post and ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you stay there and you start trying to engage, start trying to go uh, look at people, all all the all the things people are posting, they're not posting. Like um, I think, and I checked myself as well. I was like, how many times have I posted something bad that's happened? I have at least one bad moment, at least throughout the day, one day or every day. Well, I never share that. I only share the good, the really. The but you really, know what? Really it's a, it's a big challenge. You know this this whole thing with the the exceptionalism thing and having to having to 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 mirror these celebrity lives. It's very yeah, contagious. It is. Um, but going the other route, and if you're going to use social media, and if you're going to use it realistic, that is a very difficult thing to do. And how can I? How do I know that? Because I've done it. Mm. You know, putting everything out there about losing my son and mm. how I feel and being depressed and stuff, yeah. talking about it openly on the podcast and stuff. 
it's a difficult thing to do, but once you've done it, you'll start thinking, why, my God, why, why, why did I wait so long to be open and honest about this thing? Because when you expose yourself like that, it's very freeing. Yeah, it is. I talk about this on a, on a podcast episode, a couple episodes back that I think especially men are so afraid of being real. And when I say being real, I mean, all emotions, not just your anger and your masculinity, but your sadness. You know, what are you challenged with? Uh, what what makes you depressed? What irritates you? But when you are more open, I'm not saying you've got to do it to try and get attention, but I say do it to try and free yourself because it is, it's not, it's almost a physical burden that is lifted because I found myself trying to, for example, trying to struggle through doing stand up when I was so upset about losing my son. Yeah. And when I actually incorporated his loss into my routine, I have jokes about mm-hmm. my son dying from a heroin overdose. I can't, I can't tell you how freeing that was because it was so hard to try and hide it. Yeah. So the effort of being open about those things, you know, for me on my podcast and in my standup, but also on social media, the effort is enormous. But once you've done it, I'm here to tell you, it, it is, you, you'll have a better life. You'll be a better person. You'll be a stronger Agreed. person Agreed. when you can be honest. Because, mm-hmm. and, and, and don't get me wrong, I know a lot of people, you know, you'll see the whiny teenage girl, oh, you know, I'm so depressed, dot, dot, dot. And then she won't say anything. <laughs> yeah. That's don't very often, that's for attention. Or, or, I'm so depressed, lol. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, 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 I do feel so, that. So, a lot. so that's, had, that's I false. Had so that's, did so. My dad died today, lol. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, so doing it in an ingenuous way to get attention and to get likes and stuff is pretty pathetic, but if you're doing it and then you're engaging people in that discussion on social media, it can be a beautiful thing and you can change lives. For me, I've started to, instead of seeing it as pathetic, I started to see it as a cry for help. You know what? Maybe that's a, yeah, I, I call myself an optimist, but that's kind of cynical when I say it's, a, it's, a cry it's, for help. it's, it's, you're right. You're right. That, that you're person, right. that person is trying to actually get, I take that back. I take, yeah. From strangers on social media. I take it back. It's not pathetic. It, it probably, it can very often they be are, a cry for help. They are literally suffering from this idea of having to be exceptional all the time. And they don't get why they're not exceptional. Exactly. Because the world has told them they must be exceptional Good all point, the time. Anthony, yeah. And if they're born in Norway, <laughs> <laughs> then then why are you not happy? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, right? I feel that. Um, um, but people should be, uh, people should allow themselves to express their, their, um, their unhappiness, their flaws, their sorrow. And again, if it's coming from a genuine place, you can put something out there on social media that can help people. I got a lot of feedback from people, um, mm. men and women, but but mostly men. A lot of feedback about how it pushed. And I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back. Well, I guess I am a little. Uh, uh, but 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 I'm also but I'm but I'm putting. <laughs> thank you. See, I have shoulder trouble, so I can't do. I can't do. Such a big back. <laughs> But, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying this so that people can understand the value in sharing your sorrow. Mm-hmm. Because I, I get that feedback from people who say that it pushed them to maybe getting uh, psychological help. It pushed them to approach a family member that they knew for years was depressed. And these are real cases that people have told me. Yeah. They knew a family member was depressed yeah. for years. And they've been afraid for years that they're going to take their life. Yeah. And me talking about my situation push them to actually now approach that family member and get them some help. So see, there's a lot of beauty to be had from 
that genuine expression uh, on social media. So social media sucks, but it can be a beautiful tool. I think, I think it can be. I mean, I think to all, all tools are agnostic, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the we, tool, it's we the, people the tools, who tools. make it yeah. what it is. We yeah. give it, it life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we give it life. We give it meaning, and how we use yeah. it is everything. Yeah. You're gonna cut cheese yeah. or people? <laughs> <laughs> Try, try and get more into the mic. All right, all right. We're hearing you, but, okay. but there you go. There you go. I get excited, guys. I he get gets excited, excited people. Excited. We have to reel him in. Uh, actually, this is a massively edited uh, episode. Every 15 seconds, I, I, cut, I cut the sound and video. Wrangling down, Anthony. And Anthony goes in and this, takes a cold this, shower this and comes brain, back. This brain was We've been designed. talking for six hours now. <laughs> this, this brain was designed for the savannah. <laughs> it has two speeds. It has uh, I'm sitting by the fire or I'm hunting lions. <laughs> but, you know, th this, in, in this episode is exactly what I thought it would be. Um, we're laughing. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting chills down my spine from the brotherhood, you know, uh, from the discussion about both foolish things, but also some serious things. And this goes back to my view on dialogue. Um, you know, here we're not opposing views, but we are talking about things that concern us and i think if people did this kind of thing more often and it doesn't have to be on a podcast it can be yeah, with a cup of coffee at the kitchen table but if people would do this more often i think that society would be a lot healthier <laughs> than, than what it is people I've, just don't talk enough i have a friend in fact the friend who uh who uh who said anthony i just don't care when i was talking about that recent experience that i had uh we've been we've been talking about doing a podcast together because we, we uh, have we are so diametrically opposed in so many different views and we still manage to get along as friends right, right? Yeah. and i feel like at least as far as he and i are concerned we're able to talk about the reasons we have our points of views share those share those points of views evaluate them and not feel and not feel that we have to judge the other person Amen. as as positive or negative. Thank you. That, and that's right? the element that needs to be yeah. injected into yeah. discourse today, mm. dialogue today. That that you you don't have to judge the other person. Yeah. Everyone, oh, I gotta own this guy, yeah. or so and so owned him. Yeah. Did you see that on CNN? Yeah, right. He owned him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That judgment, if you can just remove that and just yeah. stick to the conversation, mm. stick to the dialogue. Yeah. And and you know, you you talk about having uh, this friend of yours, and you guys don't see eye to eye. Yeah. People need to realize that it's okay. You don't have to see eye to eye on everything. You won't. You won't. I mean, it's like it's like finding a partner. You won't find the perfect partner. You'll find somebody good enough. I, I, I argue <laughs> right. with Snoopy more than anybody in my life, and yet that's the woman I love. That's my best yeah. friend. Well, no, the, the ups yeah. and downs are. I I, I I I keep going back to this mass exceptionalism idea, but the the, the notion that we're only supposed to feel good yeah. is really sick. You got to roll with the. There's so much to be gained from the hard times. Again. Uh, I am a believer in self-imposed struggle. I look for those challenges. Those challenges are what's going to make me a, a more solid person. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, no, you, 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 you can't have it smooth yeah, all the time. You yeah. can't. I, I, I chose to catch the train 5 a.m. and you know on three hours of sleep and sacrifice hanging out with friends and all that. So because I saw I could do five minutes yesterday, <laughs> right? I am choosing how I suffer, right? Yeah. But you must choose how you suffer. You have to choose what you're willing to suffer for. That's it. But you are going to suffer. <laughs> you are going to suffer. Life you, isn't perfect. If, yeah, if you don't choose your suffering, it will be chosen for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I saw a great, uh, if I can remember, maybe I saved it. There was an Instagram thing where a mother, black woman, I believe it was in St. Louis, um, 
her daughters, and this is stupid, her teenage daughters knew that their mother had access to their Instagram accounts, but they were still getting on there, going live on Instagram, you know, wearing the booty shorts and twerking and talking about doing this, that, and the other with, with guys and stuff. And their mother found it, goes live on her daughter's Instagram and just totally called them out. And she didn't use the words, but she was addressing how that Instagram life is not true. So she live on her daughter's Instagram, dragging her daughter with her, went into her daughter's room and showed everybody how, how shitty her room looked, you know, <laughs> dirty clothes all over the floor, uh, went into the bathroom and opened the, the cabinet and said, this makeup that my daughters are putting on, that's not there. That's my makeup. Here's what they look like normally. And she swung the phone to her daughter and she looked like shit. <laughs> and and just put and just put the 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 reality of and I I guess what I'm thinking is, you know, I, I wouldn't have the heart to shame my child. It's pretty if they yeah. But I think it was a good thing yeah. <laughs> that this mother did that and put it out there and that people can see it. And maybe it will be a reminder to people that, okay take Instagram and these other social media platforms for the entertainment that they are, but realize that that model or that person is this person behind the camera. This is just a little snapshot that they're putting out there to entertain you people. This isn't their life. Yeah. The best summary I've heard of that uh, is that basically you're comparing your back behind the stage footage with uh, people's highlight reels. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just no way to go about it. It's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. It ties all back to this idea of that mass exceptionalism. We're we're looking at the, uh, you know, if you look at the the bell, like like a, a bell curve of human experience. The big slump of human experience is right in the middle of the bell curve. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's just normal, ordinary, uh, go to school yeah. if you can, yeah. uh, if you have the opportunity, if you live in a, if you live in a, in, a, in, a, in a country that has the kind of infrastructure, uh, if you're if you're lucky to uh, have a sort of the, the typical sort of a Western lifestyle, you know, you're born, mm-hmm. you go to school, um, make some friends, yeah. um, you know, uh, pick, a, pick a career or pick a job or vocational path, mm. uh, you pursue that, uh, maybe make some family, and carry it. That's literally, for most people, that's the, the, the breadth and depth of the experience is gonna be just a normal, ordinary life, Yeah. right? The very, very one end, you're gonna have extreme experience, wars, suffering, <laughs> slavery, poverty, extreme poverty. On the other, on the, oh, maybe not even, a, that's, that's a quite a large number. On the other end, you'll have the extreme experience, the Bill Gates yeah. of the world, the, the Jeff Bezos yeah. of the world. Mm. Uh, and the uh, media makes it seem as if those extremes are the norm. Yeah, it's it's something that we struggle with. I, I've always wondered what what would it be like if all social media platforms suddenly lost video capabilities. Mm-hmm. What if there were no more pictures and no more videos? Mm-hmm. Social media would still be there, but only in written form. Oof. It would be less populated. Yeah, yeah, very, very. <laughs> which would be a good thing. Which would be a good thing. There'll be a new platform that does only pictures. <laughs> <the next day. laughs> but but uh, the, the 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 imagery I think is quite damaging, I, especially for young girls. I think. You know, put it. Uh, 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 okay, put it this way. Say, um, I think uh, it's it's hard to talk about this um, without context because. Um, uh, it, it, there is a history around it, right? Um, media as a thing, traditionally, like if we go back to the 60s, the 50s, when it really picked up, we had what? TV and newspapers. That was it. And we had books. TV, newspapers, and books. Those were the yeah. three avenues in which you could reach people. Yeah. TV, new TV, uh, or if you are standing in a soapbox in the corner, 
Yeah. Right. But wasn't that better because then people had to talk more. So, so you this, so, 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 so then, so then I think, I don't, I don't think the tool of, of uh, the internet is, uh, is actually good or bad or better or worse. I think what, uh, again, back when we had media, but when, when we had TV, uh, newspapers and just books, there was nothing. What changed was how we sold ideas. Yeah. We stopped selling ideas on the merit of the idea itself and started selling an emotion. Yeah. Once we did that, it was just we, we we just everything we did. If we if we had had the internet uh, before Red Bernays, all your posts would have been, "Hey, this is my normal day," <laughs> right? Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. After Red Bernays, it's, "Hey, yeah. this is me on a beach." What's exceptional? <laughs> what's what's exceptional, worth sharing? Exactly. Yeah. What's worth sharing? Uh, the, the the exceptionalism is what's changed it. It's not the medium. I would right? also say though. Uh, uh, Noam Chomsky said it pretty succinctly to me. He says that kids today are so stimulus hungry because they're yeah. used to living pictures, sounds, yes. noises yeah. all the freaking time. Our brain doesn't. But it's, we get anxious when we don't have stimulus around us. Yeah. Now. now we and, filter, and, we filter, and we moderate how much time our kids can be on on that computer. But I think they've been touched so much by this yeah. media that we have today. Yeah. We find that when it's movie night for the family. Sometimes it's just we're just not hitting the right film with our kids because it's not fast enough. Yeah, it's not flashy. Slow and burners don't been, work. And I think they've been customized yeah. to this, you know, the the the, the seven second uh, video yeah. meme. The next dopamine hit. The, you know, I don't want to wait ten minutes. Yeah, for a so, scene yeah. to play. So and the, that's the, with ha them having two parents who are quite concerned about those things, mm. and we filter their time. So I'm I'm in IT um, and uh, we a lot of, see a lot of these studies coming out of San Francisco. There's a lot of there's a lot of people who make these technologies who will never let their kids near one of them. <laughs> yeah. Like they 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 actually hire special nannies yes. who say no iPhone or screen yep. time of any kind yep. for my kids because it ruins their brains. And it's really the smart thing to do. Now we we without putting too much of our business out there, like I say, we we control how much time our kids have on that. Uh, they can't just start buying any old video game right, that they right, want. Yeah. And there's a little bit of pushback from some of their friends and some of their parents have actually been so ballsy, and I'll call it ballsy, that they've actually tried to concern themselves about what we allow our children to do. You've been called Luddites. And, and, and so, so yeah, yeah, wow, exactly. Um, I'm not a violent guy, but that was, yeah. I wanted to put my fist down somebody's throat trying to tell me what's good my for kids? my child. I don't want to have so, kids, but... So, so, so I think a lot of parents can't deal with that pressure, so they just give in. Yeah, you can have that iPhone at the yeah. age of eight. Yeah, you can buy all those video games. Yeah. Or no, I'm sorry, we'll buy them for you. It's it's you hard know, enough uh, in a household with a mom and a dad. If if mom's cooler than yes. dad or vice versa. Well, I'm versa. definitely cooler than Yeah, <laughs> Then okay, the other one has said. to be a bad guy all the time. Let and it it's said. like, I'm, it's hard. I'm, I'm here having fun with you guys on a podcast. She's out picking blueberries somewhere. Who's cooler, her or me? Okay? <laughs> now my wife is cool. She's, she's very cool. She, who wants some blueberries. You wouldn't say that if she did not have wield a knife. She's a, little, she's a little badass. She's actually, if she wasn't so shy, I think she would make a good stand-up comedian because oh, yeah. she has such a strange take yeah. on everything. She's, she's, there's so many dualities to that woman. She's a strawberry blonde. Blonde with but with reddish highlights, so there's a crash there. Yeah. She's Samisk, but she's living here in southern Norway. There's a crash right there, yeah. and there's just so many. Uh, she's got two side, two ways of looking at everything. She's uh, 
You want to know what she's all about? You got to listen to the episodes I have when Snoopy is on. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's her. Cool. She's hilarious. I think I saw one. I think it's a part of one. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, something else. No, but, the, but, but our ways of, this is what I was going to say, our ways of parenting, uh, she's much more strict than I am. Yeah. I'm more liberal thinking when it comes to, to television time and what they see on television and, and certain social things that kids can get involved in. Mm. But going back to what I've been saying about dialogue, now a lot of couples would divorce over those differences. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, and they do. Mm. Couples divorce for much less than that. Sure. But but when you have a dialogue... Two divorcees right here. Oh, you divorced all? Yeah, I'm divorced as well. I didn't know that. Oh, really? Bro, look at me. Of course I'm... <laughs> yeah, of course so, I'm... Of course I've been, of course I've been married. I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know that. Look at me. Somebody, how long, somebody was like, oh, I'm definitely marrying you. How long, how long, ago, uh, how long ago were you divorced? Uh, five, six years now. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, Maybe you told me, but I didn't. I don't. Re- I don't listen to what you say. I, I, so. <laughs> I never listen to what you say. So, <laughs> no, we didn't discuss it the first time. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, we didn't have enough time on that episode either. I had to cut it short. We had a lot left on the table that we could have talked about. No, but but again, back to dialogue. I mean, that's that is crucial, not just from stranger to stranger or podcast host to podcast guest, but also within personal relationships and marriage and stuff. You know, I don't know why you guys are divorced, but I can guess, I can guess that it's not just because of your lack of good looks. It's probably, <laughs> they're probably, damn, John is on it. No, but it could, it could be, uh, um, a dialogue issue that you guys had a <laughs> Vogue. No, that you guys, that, that there may have been, there may have been a, a dialogue issue where things, Maybe in hindsight, do you see that things could have been discussed better or more deeply, or I don't know. No, it's so doesn't dial does, isn't that dialogue? My my ex wife she, she had a master's in social psychology. She'd been through a psychology program you. and stuff like that. No, <laughs> no. probably. <laughs> she might say so, yeah. But for me, it was good. But <laughs> problem is, problem is, she's very strong opinions. Uh, she's got better memory than me. And oh. whenever there's like a, whenever <laughs> so there's she a, calls you on yeah, your bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at any fucking time when I'm like, no, that's not how it was. I'd have to yield every fucking time because she was way more sure of herself. And it's like, uh, I'm not wrong every time, right? Okay. So that's that was tricky. And she, her strong opinions and stuff meant that sometimes I just felt like dialogue or no, I'm not being heard here. How and long? Then you, you get, and then you start burying things down. Yeah. How long were you guys married before you got divorced? 2013 to 18. And you? I remember. <laughs> no, uh, 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 a little bit longer, 2011. Uh, 2011 to 15. Okay. I lasted six years with my first wife. Mm. Yeah. But uh, I met my I met my ex-wife when I, uh, we, were lo- we were together a lot longer. Um, we were together long, we were together a lot longer than we were married. Get up on that mic, my friend. We were together a lot longer than we were married. Um, and I don't know. Uh, I'm a diplom- that mic is not your ex-wife. You can no. be close to it. Right? You can be close to it. <laughs> in fact, in fact, uh, you know, my ex-wife and I, I think we, we will both agree that uh, we could have probably done a lot better that relationship. Uh, that we're we're better armed now than we were then. I think okay. we're a lot younger emotionally. Uh, our expectations going into the into the marriage, I think we had a lot more unrealistic ideas of mm. who we were going to be to each other. Yeah, uh, coming in. Um, um, I know I did, and I know she did. And then when those expectations weren't met, we didn't really have the. So it wasn't a dialogue thing. You guys could talk. We could talk. We could but, communicate. But we could also get very like we could also we're both very stubborn. So if I thought I was right and then she thought she was right, like 
perhaps the most important thing I've learned since staying divorced is I don't want to be right or I want to be happy. <laughs> My wife right. used to say that to me. And, do you uh, want to be right or do you want to be happy? And yeah. I, I, would, I would be like, I, I, being right makes me happy. That was, <laughs> that, was, that was who I was then, right? And that was who she was too at the time. Being right made us happy. And I, and I think that combined with sort of... Um, how how absor- how self-absorbed we could get with our emotions just meant that when things got difficult, it was hard for us to work through them okay. respectfully. Yeah, interesting. See, I've been with Snoopy now for twenty years, so to go back into uh, I see, I would like to contribute with my story on why I div- uh, was divorced from my first wife. I can't Another go legend. back. I can't go back mentally to what that was like. I mean, we we didn't get along, and we had. <laughs> Enormous differences on on our, our views on things, but I can't. God, I can't. I, the, the wisdom of your experiences is apparent in your twenty years with Snoopy. Well, well, thank you for saying <laughs> that. But the wisdom, you know, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe the mistakes that were made in that first marriage have contributed to the good things in in this marriage. But I think it's more of a. Um, I mean, it was literally. A match that was meant to be. I mean, we, it's, you know, all of my differences and her differences, it makes us fit. Mm. I don't want to sound corny, but that's complimentary. Yeah, exa- exactly. And it brings it brings balance. It's like Star Wars. It brings balance to the force. You know, it's, <laughs> I, uh, she's Darth Vader and I'm Ben Kenobi. Uh, you yeah. know, it. But no, but it, it 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 brings balance, and I think that is essential for me you know, and again you don't that doesn't mean you have to agree on everything no no you know but the um, things that you yeah, like, win and like, lose in arguments like, it, 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 you could have my ex-wife on here on a podcast because we're still friends she wouldn't do it but you could <laughs> if you could and we, and, and we talk about it i'm sure we would both agree for the most part that you know a lot of the things that we we discussed we, that we thought were like oh my god world ending are, yeah. are, are completely solvable completely yeah. solvable but in that moment, in, in that, that moment, time, it's the charged emotion, yeah. and also we just we just had such little tools to unpack uh, charged emotions. Well, that's important. Right? You have to have a certain maturity. You have to have a certain relationship maturity. Yeah, you do. You do. And I don't think looking back, here's one thing I do remember: I didn't have the relationship maturity to be married with my first wife. Both of us were diplomats. We had uh, we had like a Siddhartha kind of upbringing, you know, where like. Um, uh, all all disease, sadness, and sickness are hidden from us. Right. <laughs> so we're walking around. Right. The world is pretty. Well, I'm in Switzerland. Norway. You were sheltered from uh, a few realities of life, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And uh, my my my. my you know what'll keep you on the mic better if you swing your chair around. Okay. And then you're talking more into the. Yeah. Okay. Um, so because I keep go. trying to turn to look at you. <laughs> Don't do <laughs> that. Why would you well. want to do that? Uh, but like uh, I know <laughs> that at least um, I, I, when I was in Africa, I'm not sheltered from from sort of um, the fuller range of life experiences. Right. When I was in the West, when I was in Europe, I was definitely sheltered from the full range of life experiences. I see. Uh, and my mother was a you know she was a, she was a diplomat. She was a boss. Um, there was a lot of things that she didn't have to do that the average parent does. Right. Um, I never saw my mom sit down and pay bills, for instance. Right, because she's just she's living a boss life. Um, right. When I right. was when I when, when I'd go places when we travel places, there would be some aide who would sort of be like, "Oh, walk us through customs and things." Yeah. Like that. So yeah. a lot of the things that people experience as normal for me were like, "Oh, oh, I only experienced those things after I became my own individual." You carry your own bags. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Actually, that move was bad. Now I think you're not in the shot. There you go. Try that. There you. I'll go. try to lean forward. Try that. Try yeah. lean forward. I'm so demanding. I just, I just get so excited. Again, 
This is a heavily edited podcast. Every five minutes, we shut it off into a cold shower with Anthony calming down. By the way, uh, you, were, you were saying the diplomat thing did not help you guys having to unpack yeah, things, because, tough things. Because I think that um, we had a lot more of that mass exceptionalism life yeah. than, uh, than we would have Oh, uh, right. Like, so the mundanity. Yeah. Well, um, I can imagine, again, I can imagine you guys being very sheltered from some of the realities right. of life. Yeah. Our, our idea of romance was quite Disney, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, Disney is a dangerous ass dude for that. Um, he teaches you how to think before you can think. <laughs> And you're walking around thinking I'm gonna be Prince Charming and she's gonna be my princess, and even if even if she wants to be that, you know, you ha there's a lot of difficult conversations you have to have. Sure, sure. Relationship maturity, yeah. Just a tiny little thought I had. This ties back to what we were talking about with the race and the priming people come under. I, I had a sociolinguistics book because I used to study linguistics. We had a sociolinguistics book that basically talked about uh, how much Disney primes you to have these uh, preconceptions about different. Uh, accents and stuff like that mm. uh, apparently the Norwe Norwegian accent for English is dour and sad Swedish really? is a bit more upbeat oh yeah it's a that. very sad dialect apparently <laughs> anyway <laughs> I totally disagree and then, and then uh, British is uh, villainy you know it's like it, it, it yeah. just went through the list of like okay these yeah. use these yeah. di use these accents for these kind of roles and so they, they put prime a lot of people. psychology behind that yeah I don't agree with the Norwegian accent though but having said that I don't think you speak English with a Norwegian accent no I don't no and I also think that it's different uh, the way Norwegian men speak English. It also depends on where and you... Norwegian women. Really? And, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Women, when Norwe Norwegian women speak English, I think it's so doggone sexy. I think that <laughs> might be your sexuality There's... swinging in there, bro. Is it, is it? Yeah. If you're into dudes, you uh... might feel different. I don't know. <laughs> He has a also, good point. also, of he course, good point. of course, there's so many different dialects and stuff too. So there's so many like, yeah, like Nor Nor English from my part of the country sounds totally different to Nor English in Oslo. And I have noticed that absolutely. <laughs> I have noticed that. Um, I, I I tend to think that men speak more English than women here. And I, it, yeah, yeah th and that's what I was going to get yeah. to. I think because the women are less practiced at it yeah. also, than I, the men, also generally. Girls, generally. girls and boys have such different expectations too. Like in Norway, it's widespread talking about flinkpike syndrome, the good girl okay. syndrome, right? I'm supposed to get straight A's. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do that. I think a lot of girls, they're like, I don't want to talk because I'm going to screw it up. Dudes are a bit more like, eh. Right. I got well, an opinion. I, right. Yeah, well, I can yeah. remember <laughs> my, time yeah. as a, uh, my time as a teacher at uh, a Norwegian high school, the the boys, it was much easier to get them to speak English yeah. in, in class. So maybe there is something. But boys are also um, way more willing to fail. You know, there's all yes. these things that yeah, yeah. Like, take so more risks. I, I, yes. yeah. I think women are wondering, what am I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but I, I agree with Eidek that I think boys are, more, uh, are, are, are just more likely to accept trying and failing. Yeah. yeah, and see no consequences. And that's probably something that could be changed by you know by just knowing what we're doing subtly and to influence kids mm. early on. Mm. But this is how it is right now, definitely. Do you think though that uh, you know with the feminist feminist movement here in Norway that these what some people would say are natural differences between girls and boys, men and women, that so many of those natural differences are no longer recognized by society because people are afraid 
of being discriminatory towards women? I think I think if you're gonna have to have that, if you're gonna have that conversation, you have to first start with um, someone uh, other than you guys, because you guys don't want to get so, canceled. No, let's get a woman. Because I think like, well, what the, I think the first thing you have to say is, uh, hey, do you are you a tra- do you believe that you know there's traditional natural differences between men and women, or do you not? Because that's something people yeah, don't but traditional believe. traditional differences yeah, but traditional differences and or natural differences are two totally different things. things right. I believe. But I, I mean, traditional natural differences versus postmodern natural differences. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Constructs. Yeah, yeah, constructs. Because uh, traditional natural differences are like... Um, um, uh, Women are w- women are smaller and have less 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 uh, less, less uh, yeah. um, muscle mass uh, muscle mass different hip structure different hip structure <laughs> and um, they produce more oxytocin over time and have more, have generally a wider range of emotions like like um, like one like women are analog I mean they're digital <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah it's like we have on off and a woman has like a whole range <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. right? it's like yeah. a man a man can feel she's into me she's not <laughs> right yeah. a woman can feel a whole range of things <laughs> right. interesting i'm learning all sorts of <laughs> next marriage is gonna stick after this yeah, yeah, now you're ready <laughs> no i don't i don't i mean it's it's a touchy subject and a lot of people don't want to talk about it and a lot of people have said um what some people in the feminist movement would say wrong things and have been canceled because of it yeah. So I understand that people are hesitant to even talk about it, but I think it's an interesting thing that's happening in society and that some of these differences, uh, what some people, myself included, would say are natural differences between men and women are being erased. Actually, yeah. All for the benefit of gender equality and the feminist movement. I just want to drop a terrible name in here, though. I haven't checked his facts on this, but uh, this is one of the points that Jordan Peterson keeps bringing up. Like mm-hmm. he, he uses Norway as a grand example that there are inherent differences. Because if be you look to Norway, like they got all the chances they want, but women see, seem to go towards nursing uh, occupations and stuff like that even more so in Norway. Yeah, but but I don't find that to be a knockdown no, argument. No, but uh, supposedly you, that's the state. <laughs> no, that, that could be easily explained by mass education, right? Yeah. Mass education favors uh, uh, cisgender, cis white males. Professors, this this plenty of studies of how teachers will focus more on the white male students in class and so yeah. on so it easily it could easily explain why women find themselves drawn to different kinds of classes where there's less sort of tato- yeah. 18 year old testosterone driven white men don't have to so you're saying it's, yeah. it's the women's yeah. it's the woman's choice because she feels more comfortable in that setting so in IT is that what you're saying in, in IT prior to, uh, I can give you an example from IT because that's what I studied mm-hmm. right um, and then like in the uh, prior to like the 80s where uh, most professionals in IT were starting at a older age in their 40s or 50s mm-hmm. and were coming from different industries you tended to have about half and half men and women right really? but then yeah but then uh, the 80s happened or the 70s and the 80s happened and something changed you started seeing a lot more men in IT and what actually changed was mass education we started teaching IT in schools okay right? and yeah. we started teaching IT in schools we started bringing 18 year old 18 year old guys and girls into a classroom and the 18 year old guys are yeah, you know what eighteen-year-old guys are like. Squeaky, yeah, 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 squeaky yeah, wheel yeah, gets yeah, the grease. Yeah, yeah. and the the eighteen-year-old women started to start shy shy away more and more from yeah. those environments. Not be, not the subject, but the environment. Yeah. Right. And now, fast forward twenty years later, we're putting out a bunch of IT guys every year. More and more and more and more and more majority men. Right. Okay, when, but, when why, but why? But why is it? Why is that the case with the IT branch? When if you look at educational as a whole, <clears throat> women, gir- girls, and women Darling. are far more successful. Yeah. In the educational think, system, than boys and men. Those environments. I think. It, I think it's it, again. It's like uh, across the STEM industries, right? Women will tend to do better, right? Yeah. But the the classroom environment across all the studies that I've at least that I've come across, the 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 focus, the 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 um. 
that the environment is geared towards the guys in the room. Right. Whether you, right. whether you're in a black majority or white majority, the the even the even the female teachers themselves, right? Or even though they're aware of the bias, they tend to be sort of more drawn to giving more focus right. to right. the male portion of the class. And that's so, such a strange thing. I, I don't. I think that's an uh, that has a huge impact on sure. how many women sure. graduate out of a certain class. Sure. How many women stay in a class? Sure. Mm. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's fascinating. I I too wonder like where where are the boundaries and stuff. But the the best way I I think to look at it is there's way bigger differences within the individual group of men and women, whatever in between, than there are between the genders, right? So there's say, way say there's, there's way say bigger there's way bigger diversity within the group of women or within the group of men yeah. than there is difference you, between you, the two groups. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Mm. Agreed. Um, and I was I was raised by my, my mother was widowed, so my dad died three weeks before I was born. Okay. Right? Um, um, and my mom basically had to now raise four kids, uh, which is not. <laughs> and, uh, this is uh, in Malawi. It's like the eighth, ninth poorest country in the world. Uh, she's well educated and so on, but she's you know she's been she she's been pregnant for the nice last nine months, and she'd been a housewife for a long time, and mm-hmm. now she's pregnant with me, and she has to sort of. Raise us, um, make my make my sisters women, and and make my brother and I men. Uh, educate us, um, give us you know food, shelter, clothing, worldviews, uh, values. <laughs> yeah. um, and I remember you know like simple thing like her being a a, a woman a woman leader at work mm-hmm. in a male chauvinistic Africa, where um, in the school bus uh, the the uh, in, in, um, I would have um, colleagues of my mother. Uh, who are talking shit about her at the dinner table? Oh, and their kids are bringing it to the school bus. So <sighs> my brother and I are whipping ass. <laughs> like, oh, we were, oh, talk about real. my mama. Oh, <laughs> um, and like, um, wow. I, I know that my and again for the longest part, I didn't realize how hard my mother's life was just because she was a woman. Right? I understand that she was paid like in the in the in the in the Malawi government. If you're a woman in government, uh, if you're if you're if, uh, if you're a man and your you and your wife dies, you, you still get paid as a married man because you're okay. a single man and married man have two different salaries. In right. Government, right. Oh wow. In okay. Government. Yeah. Single man and a married man because your family allowance and whatnot. Yeah. But I think it's the same in the U.S. When you're married, your government salary changes. In the army, I think if you're married, you have a different salary. Yes. So it's, true. Yeah. True. So it's the same Malawi government. Uh, but whereas if you're a woman and you lose your husband is, uh, uh, is widowed, you go back down to a single salary. That's quite discriminatory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So simple things like that yeah, all the way yeah. up the chain. Right? Right. She, she was a leader in her field. She has a great career, but the amount of struggles she had just because she was a woman <sighs> and then a black woman on top of that, yeah. I can't even relate to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but I know Tough that, lady. But yeah, but she was in a world that is traditionally male dominated. Uh, almost always, either one of two or one of three women in the entire room, yeah. uh, wherever she was. And I think one of the things she at least managed to tell me or communicate to me was that, um, as a single woman in that environment, the the things that make you a woman uh, are also the things that um, um, the men will pick on. But it's also the things that will make you strong. You're like my mom would. My mom would always uh, be very clear about how she's 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 a lot more emotionally invested in things right. than her male colleagues are. Right. I see. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and that was her strength. And although some of our colleagues see that as a weakness, that was also her strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they would, I think, perhaps people would argue that, oh, if you're too emotionally invested, then you won't make the best objective decision. I don't know. Um, but I, I think for her, it was. What I at least learned from her as a parent is that 
you really have to be, you have to choose what you're willing to sacrifice. And if you if you're able to sort of say, hey, this is what I think is important to me, yeah. and I'm willing to work for that. Yeah. Um, then you've like we we're saying earlier, you've chosen what you're going to suffer for. Right. Right. Interesting. Do you guys talk about this? These kind of things to get, oh, yeah. I mean, you guys All are really good friends. You guys hang out yeah. every day, right? Just, is this a kind of remember when walking in the door where we're like almost like and you were, a, it, a podcast already started? Yeah, yeah. Dude was yeah. invalidating me from the train station. I wasn't, here. I wasn't invalidating. I wasn't invalidating. Oh, kind of, kind of a little bit. See, 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 see. I, 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 I um, the, uh, the, the thing is that um, the acceptance that you have a negative experience is not invalidating. No, no. It's yeah. just that you were going like, your suffering's not special. I'm, I'm, looking, <laughs> I'm looking to feel heard. And you go like, that's kind of you, like your friend going, I don't care about the racism today, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah, but it's different because... I know it's if, different, if, but... If, if he had said, if he had said um, I, I care about your racism, but you still got to carry on with your day, that's different, right? He but said, if he said true, your racism isn't yeah. special, yeah. it's like, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. but it's just another day. No, you, you, it's like, and it, and it isn't special. And, and in fact, my the, the day that I had had that, that I, compared to sort of things my mom has gone through. Yeah. But does, yeah, but does right. that change how you feel right. about it? Like, um, if somebody says that to you when you're venting, yeah. is that is that being met in a good way? So so that's a, that's a bad example. Let me, let me put you in a bad example. So I was struggling with debt quite a bit. Like, uh, I'm still I'm still, I'm still still sort of um, getting on top of my, my personal debt, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and now... What are you buying? Uh, <laughs> it was, I tried to start a company, right? And, that's uh, right, that's yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And it ended up sort of... You know, that we, can be quite the financial strain. Up yeah. and down. And yeah. eventually, I ended up just sinking money into it, and I ended up being okay. in the hole. And um, you know, I ended up getting some help from people who trusted me. And now I'm sort of it's manageable. I can, you know, I'm, I'm I can meet some savings goals, and I'm working towards sort of things. Are, I'm on a good trajectory. I'm, Is the company I'm, still running though? No, no, we, uh, you just uh, let it go. Uh, so now uh, it's just shot that baby in the head. <laughs> so now it's just dealing with the financial yeah, aftermath. Yeah. Okay. yeah, and then uh, and I joined a new company that was sort of, uh, and I got new work and, uh, yeah. and uh, I'm on a good trajectory in that in that path and my career, is, my career is in a better path. But my point was that when I was at the worst point of dealing with that debt where I feel completely ashamed, I can't even talk about it, I can't even, you know, I, I don't want to look at my mom or my friends or anybody yeah. and tell them, hey, I'm struggling with debt. Um, I don't want to go out this weekend because I'm counting, I'm counting, I'm counting change or whatnot. Um, when I'm going through that, and the the only thing to do to get out of it is to look it straight in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Me thinking that I am the only person in the world who's ever been in debt was detrimental to that. But I wasn't thinking right? that. Uh, me, <laughs> me, me thinking that I'm the only one who's failed at trying to start a startup uh, was detrimental to that. Me, me, the, the feeling that the, the, the feeling that I thought that you were communicating was, hey, I feel bad, and I feel like you know this is this is. Like, how do I, 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 for me, the feeling at the time was I uniquely fucked up and no one can help me. Right. Right. And and when I realized that, you know what, I haven't uniquely fucked up, of just run of the mill fucked up. Like all fuck ups are all run of the mill fuck ups. All problems, all personal problems are just problems. They're not personal. They're just problems. And when, when that became something I could accept. Um, I could then tell people, hey, right. I fucked up. Right. Uh, what's one you had to go I, through that process. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I love about American culture is the is the speak up culture. Right. Uh. Like in uh, in the, I, I don't hear a common term for my bad. I dropped the ball, in in uh, in European culture. Yeah. Right. In American culture, it could be at work, high level meeting. My bad. I dropped the ball on that. We'll do this going forward. Right. I don't feel a lot of that. Uh, um, uh, and and uh, no. over here. I I, I noticed that too. And and I feel like that you people you 
<laughs> that, that that sense of owning up for me and saying, okay, my bad, I dropped the ball, I fucked up there, yeah, gives yeah. me power, right? It gives me power to then now address that issue sure, and become sure, better. Sure, right? And so Because it takes a lot of energy to does, try and deny does, the responsibility to try to yeah. deny the facts. So when somebody tells me, hey, look, all you gotta do is make a budget, and I go, no, my finances yeah, are more fucked up yeah. than you can imagine. It's like, dude, just make a fucking budget and live to it, right? Mm-hmm. That's all I had to do. But I thought that was that was, you know, well, there's a lot of feelings in personal finance. There's a lot. There's a you lot. know what I mean? There's a lot. And, and that, those feelings cloud judgment. It clouds totally. the practicality of the situation. Yeah, yeah and gambler's fallacy, right? It's yeah. so easy to yeah. be like throwing good money after bad yeah, because exactly. you feel like, okay, I need this But to respect come for having started a business, even though it failed. I mean, that's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I started... Uh, I, I, was in, I was in that world. Um, it didn't fail. I ended up selling my oh, gyms. Well done. But it was, uh, thank you, but it, good God, it was, uh, it was hard work. Yeah. You know, anybody, I have so much respect for anybody who goes that route mm. to start their own business from scratch. Yeah. Um, whether you're using just your own money or whether you have to, you know, this whole thing about having to finance and yeah. having to go out and, yeah. in a sense, beg people for money, beg yeah. people to believe in your exactly. dream and exactly. help you to finance exactly. it. Yeah. The learning experience is almost unbeatable. I mean, yeah. you learn so much yeah. about yourself yes. and no about doubt. people yes. in general. Yes. Those three years um, were, <laughs> uh, it was it was three years where I exactly every day chose my suffering. Uh, I oh, chose yes. exactly every day yeah. what my energy was going to be spent on. Every day was it was purely on purpose. It was uh, pretty much the same thing. I mean, my, my thing was I got tired. I got yeah. worn out. I was just. You know, we're, we're talking about northern Norway, where it was an hour and 15 minute drive from one gym to the other. And then for the third one, it was like a four hour drive right. and three ferry stops on the ferry. Yeah. Why are you doing a gym and crawl? It, and it was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was it was work and travel and work wow. and travel. And oh, yeah, Snoopy and the babies. And then work and travel, work yeah. and travel. Oh yeah, Snoopy and the babies. And yeah. that whole thing about missing out on the family. Yeah thing and then just being so tired and worn out you can't do had those to, things had, without to, had to get out you know, the, the, had to the, get out the good bit the successful businessman is probably skipping on his family you know the, the well my mother was super successful domestic career uh didn't get to spend that much time with her kids you know you have to sacrifice something if you're going to go for something it's it's well like, you do but the but the sacrifice if you manage your business if you're in the right kind of business and if you manage it properly it can bring you more freedom it can, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm making some moves with my podcast and a couple of media things and a couple of other projects here and there. And if things go right, yeah. it's going to almost be to where I'm getting paid to just have fun. Right. And that's right. the optimal situation. Right. So it's doable. But how long has that taken you to even have well, there a you go. Yeah. for that? And that's where the sacrifice right? comes in. So yes, exactly. you have to sacrifice yeah. something. Yeah. But yeah. I do believe that if you manage things right and if you have yeah. the right vision, then you can get to that point to where things kind of go yeah, of their own yeah. accord. But some lean years to get a bit there. more. Yeah. yeah. But between zero. But you got to do the work. You've got to do the work. This point is a bunch of work. And Absolutely. That work is is time that you could be doing a whole bunch of other things. That's so very true. That's very true. Give up yeah. some things. That's very you true. You have to choose to give up some. That's very true. Mm. Yeah. I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, but I, I have that vision. You know, I'm 52 now. I look good, don't I? Yeah. 52. <laughs> um, 52 now, and I want to be in that situation where the things I do 
uh, are almost self-generating yeah. when it comes to finances, and I can just have fun. Yeah, yeah. that's that's my yeah. goal. By the time I'm fifty-five, so I'm thirty-seven. Listen, fifty-five. I'm thirty-seven. I've I've, I've gotten. To the my wife asked where... how old you guys are. So yeah. you're you're thirty-seven. Thirty-six. Thirty-six. I had you both in your late twenties. I know, right? Good. Huh? I did. That's what I told her. I said, good, good late black tw- I'm not sure. "Oh, yeah, they're black don't crack." And this is original black. This I'm is filtered original down, black. so I've got flaws. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, Europe. <laughs> I've, got, I've got flaws. This I'll, guy is original I'll, I'll black. I got my juju and strong and everything. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, when when people comment like, "Oh, you look so young," though, I just go like, "Yeah, no kids." But you know, but you know what? You've got something there because kids. okay, I, I love my children yeah, to yeah. death. But if you're a good parent, you're yeah. going to direct a lot of thought. Yeah. And, forget about and the stress. Actual, forget yeah. about the yeah. energy. I'm talking about the th- yeah, so, you know, stress, emotions, yeah. and things like that. You're going to direct a lot of that to their sleep. lives, yeah. and that right there ages you yeah. to a certain extent. It's like a now, presidency. Now, now, now <laughs> Snoopy and I, our kids are now at the age where we know we've pretty much done everything right. Yeah, and it's just to just. Keep sailing the ship in that direction, and our kids are going to be fine. Mm. But those first years, up until, I don't know, a certain age, it yeah. was so much worry, so much focus. Yeah. But again, I'll pat myself on the back, and Snoopy as well, we've done a good job, and our kids are going to be okay. But but parenting? Yeah. Parenting is literally the toughest job in the world. I, I always say that. I've, I've had a tiny hit of it because I used to work at a like a house for underage refugees that come to Norway. They have a permit to stay, but they don't have any legal guardians. Yeah. So basically Child Protective Services took them over. And we had this house, and we basically ran this house, and we were being the surrogate parents. So I know what it's like to to care about the well-being of a teenager, have them eye you with suspicion. Mm. And you know, mm-hmm. I, and I'm like, man, if that kid was your kid and you'd invested so much time and love into them, that would feel devastating, I think. The teen years must be so rough because if they're if there's anything about your kid, they're going to start disrespecting look, you and pulling look, I'll away. I'll tell you I'll tell you this, you know, a lot of people uh, up through the years, they would say, "Oh god, you know, uh, you have so many lofty ideas, John. Wait till your kids are teenagers. Yeah. Reality is going to hit you in the face. Yeah. And I never let that affect me in the slightest bit because I was a thinker of um, looking at how my mother raised me. I know that she did the job when I was young. That's when most of the job was done. When I, you know, from the time I was born. Mm-hmm. And all up through those, you know, preteen years, that's when she did the work so that when I became a teenager and I had more independence, I was more exposed to the world as much as I can be exposed in that little country Mm. town where I come (laughs) from. Uh, You know, by the time I got to that point, I was prepared to tackle those situations. So I always told myself, do the work now. You know, I'm the kind of father who was talking to my daughter about... Uh, men and boys and how they can try and take advantage of you. And she was seven, eight years old. Of course, the discussion was adjusted. It was age appropriate, but I was having those discussions with her then. I was a kind of father having discussions with my son about, uh, uh, you know, uh, respecting women and being a responsible man and, and, and understanding your, 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 your limits and your, you know, your potential. I was having those discussions with him, mm. you know, at, at a very young age, again, age appropriate, but having those discussions to make them prepared so that by the time they're 18, 
Yeah. I know my job is done. Yeah. I know I've, I've yeah. done what I had to do. That's my way of looking at it. So that all the stress happened before. Now I'm so relaxed yeah. when it comes to my children. Those are the formative years, you know, it's I like an ounce, of, an ounce of prevention is better than a, uh, yeah, a pound of cure. Right. So. Oh, why don't you that. Google that? I think you messed that up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> an ounce of prevention. <laughs> an ounce oh, an an right. of prevention an beats a pound of cure. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. I got my idioms down, man. <laughs> Um, how do you? How do you? How do you? Um, Get on that mic, brother. My sister is. Uh, my sister's son is now six. Yeah. So who I was playing with when I was in. Who I went to visit, and I was sort of uh, playing with my nephew a lot and yeah. bonding and um, a constant uh, conversation we have since she's had uh, since, since he's been born is uh, finding uh, children children's content in the West for black yeah. kids. Mm. Children's content in the West for black kids. This goes back to. Um, Oh, I'm jumping the gun. I'm assuming you're asking me, what do I do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> this goes back to what I was saying about how we filter, uh, and, I'll, and I'll, you know, if we're watching a movie, I'll stop and, mm. and, and, and take that teachable moment and present it to my kids. Um, that's what I do. Mm. In other words, I have taken personal responsibility for making sure that my children understand yeah. the essence of themselves. Don't just know? take it in uncritically. And, yeah, uh, we live in Norway. Yes, it's 99.9% it's .9 white. <laughs> Um, yes, your mother has a strong influence on you, but you have a black American father, so you are half that as well. And here it is. And I find every opportunity that mm. I, I will say that I'm quite frustrated at times because, um, they can come home from school and I ask them, oh yeah, what are you guys talking about at school this week? Oh, we're talking about slavery in the United States. And I'm just like, okay, sit down. What did they tell you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. never... I'm I'm sorry. I have a lot of friends, and uh, my best friend here in Norway is is a teacher. And uh, yes, neither one of you is my best friend. But <laughs> sorry, no, no. But my my. <laughs> I paid I, a lot of money to come here, John. <laughs> no, but uh, my my best friend here in Norway is 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 a teacher, and I, so I love teachers. I've been a teacher yeah. here in Norway. I yeah. love them. I love the work that they do. But I'm sorry, they don't give an accurate or a full account of. The black American experience. They just don't. So I've taken that responsibility on myself. And I say that to any black parent, whether you're a black American parent or black of African uh, descent mm. uh, in Norway, you're going to have to take that responsibility on yourself to find both yeah. TV content, uh, yeah. uh, 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 culture content. Mm. Uh, you're going to have to create those teachable moments yeah. yourself. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing that we do at the dinner table, uh, if I'm not trying out stand-up bits <laughs> at the dinner table, <laughs> I very often will talk about my experiences as uh, the lone black kid mm. at my school mm. and and put that in a context that can teach my children something about American society mm. and American blackness. So I've taken that responsibility upon myself because if you're if you're black and you're in Norway and you're just leaving the Norwegian society to to uh, to teach your children yeah. about yeah all things black yeah. Yeah. it's not going to happen. Yeah. Mm. No, I, I borrow a lot. I mean, like uh, I think black Americans definitely define cool for the world the last sort of 30, 40 years. <laughs> um, you know, hip hop, 
uh, American stand, uh, the American, the African American sense of comedy. Um, you know, the Richard Pryors, Eddie Murphy, Bill Cosby, um, Red Fox, Patrice um, O'Neill. It is often said. It is often said. The most recent person who said it was Bill Burr, and he said it in a very funny context. But what what he was saying basically is that if you are into any trends on social media or in society, if you're listening to any type of music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you really think about it and you trace it back to its roots, it's black. Yeah, yeah. It is and, black. Um, and um, one of the things that sort of... Um, I'm sorry, black American. Yeah, black American. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things that me as an African uh, sort of uh, has grown up in the world seeing is sort of... Um, uh, I'm, I'm 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 from the the place that was uh, whose history was robbed from us, right? Yes. My 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 first history class is about a white man named David Livingston. Yeah. <laughs> That's my yeah. first history right. class. Literally my first yeah. history class. All right, the first uh, man in Africa. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, <laughs> I have to grow, I have to go to men uh, who disco- discovered exactly Africa, and, right? Uh, I have to grow up. I have to go to uh, maybe one of three places in the world where I will learn about African history prior to the 1600s, right? Mm. Um, and uh, there's even studies, uh, I think there's, a, uh, there's a, a, ma- a mathematics professor named uh, Ron Eglash who uh, teaches uh, 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 people in the U.S., African-American descent in the U.S., about ancient African culture okay. and, uh, and uh, their legacy in math and, and sciences and so on and finds that their grades actually shoot up. Now, um, uh, studies on why grades shoot up are you know, never definitive, but it's a, it's a pretty easy thing to say that if someone's self-esteem goes up, their ability yeah. to, Fact. To, to do work because uh, is, uh, so it goes well, goes along with it. Anyway, my upbringing has always been sort of, um, okay, it seems like we're all from Africa, but no one wants to talk about it. <laughs> uh, and every time we do talk about it, it's more in the context of what happened to Africa or uh, what's wrong with Africa. Right. And, uh, and um, I, you know, there's a, there's so much sort of like history in Africa and there's so many people who are well, uh, way more uh, well-spoken and have done this, have researched this topic much more than I have who can sort of explain to you exactly the socioeconomic right. reasons why Africa is the way it is, right? But um, I think that for me, again, I think it's, I just take all that shit up and I put it on stage. I just put it on stage. Again, the therapeutic aspect of being an entertainer. Yeah, yeah. because it's, yeah. A, it's a tiring, it's tiring. It's really annoying to go out to dinner and somebody be like, "Oh, I thought you were American," and that be a reason that they, you know. And I'm like, "Okay, you know what? Fair enough. Uh, that's fine. I, why do I have to think about this?" Exactly. You know, people have such preconceived notions, and I address that in my. In fact, when I first saw you at Steinars, I yeah. believe I opened with that bit about yeah. walking through that part of Oslo yeah. and being approached yeah. by several. Uh, what I believe were Nigerians, right, and I yeah, asked you if yeah, you were Nigerian. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a, and 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 it's it's touching on that preconceived notion about if you're black, uh, you know, or of African descent, you must have come from some sort of right. trauma, tragedy, but, and things so, must be better. So, and 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 you have to, and and that's a burden to have yeah. to explain that away. It, it's um, it's like um. Roland G. Fryer, I think he was. I think it was Roland G. Fryer, who was uh, in uh, is is uh, teaching uh, teaching in uh, I think it was Harvard as a, as a he became one of the youngest black economic professors in Harvard at one point, and he was uh, I think he's quoted as saying, "Wasn't uh, it Prince Princeton? Was it Princeton? 
Maybe I'm wrong. I, I wanted to say be. Prince. But, but, yeah, I know, but I know it's Roland yeah. G. Fryer, yeah. and he's teaching somewhere, and he's one of the first, uh, is one of the first yeah. and the youngest uh, black 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 economics professors in the school, and he uh, he was saying that one of the things that he was most annoyed about was being was being uh, this feeling that he was being looked at uh, uh, <laughs> as being asked is so. How come the rest of you can't do this? Or, exactly. or, or yes. So uh, how does yes. it how does it feel to not be a problem? Yeah. Because the rest of you are, right? And that yeah that shit is tiring. It's very um, tiring. I get that a lot on social media. How does it feel to not be a problem, or that, how does it feel to be a problem? That's yeah. so that's yeah. so fucked up to me that people grant you like uh, honorary whiteness <laughs> instead of well, taking you as an example that no, there's yeah. no big difference. We're all and capable I, I, of the same. Sometimes I I have to check myself because I get overly um, defensive, aggressive yeah. at times, yeah. uh, sensitive yeah. to that thing where if someone says, "Oh, John, you you uh, you're so integrated," <laughs> and it's like as opposed to what. And why do I have to be integrated? Maybe I'm, I mean, because to be honest, I haven't changed a damn thing. Yeah. What have yeah. I integrated I was gonna into? Say, I'm just, yeah. this is yeah. me. I was going to say my ex-wife would be kind of annoyed about that. It's like, no, I'm not one of y'all, you know? Yeah, you know? <laughs> I got I got some better yeah. shit going. Yeah. It's, 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 it's this expectation sometimes to where you have to erase your individuality or your identity, your yeah. roots, the only in place order to I fit in. And it's other. tiring. The only place I don't feel other, uh, places where I don't feel other, or whether I, um, on stage, I feel other, but I like it. I'm actually sort of yeah. playing with it and bashing sure, it. Sure. But it's at work, right? When I'm at work and we're talking computers, we're talking IT, we're talking projects, we're talking yeah. any of that, I actually, like, it'll be like, maybe at some point I'll be like walking and somebody's just, uh, somebody looks at me funny in the building I'm like, oh yeah, shit, I'm black. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but most of the time, I'm just going on, you know, you know, yeah. it's it's a meritocracy as far as my workplace right. goes, right? Right. Hey, when when uh, when you see a woman in IT doing coding and stuff like that, do you think, oh, you must be good? Does <laughs> that <laughs> go right back? I was raised by a single mother, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to seeing women doing awesome things. <laughs> I used to worry about if I got a compliment because of the work I did. If I got a compliment, are they saying this yeah. because it's really good work, or are they yeah. saying this that they think that I'm doing good work? Yeah. In spite for, uh, of the yeah, fact yeah, that yeah, I, yeah for racism of low expectations, yeah. and, and, it's, yeah. and, and I yeah. used to, I used to really think about that, and I, and somewhere along the line, uh, and I'm, I'm saying I used to think about that after I came here to Norway, mm. <clears throat> but somewhere along the line, and maybe it's been quite recent, like within the last five years or so, I decided, you know, screw that. Why yeah. should I? Why should I? You know, let them be burdened with that. Why mm. should I be burdened with that? Mm. You guys are on the way out. Well, <laughs> Hopefully, there's a new way of thinking coming up. Because um, it is tiring, and I guess I didn't want to be tired. Yeah. Of that. No, anymore. it is. It is tiring. I think you. Everybody has different strategies for sort of experiencing it. I know, like the way that I articulate it is like, um, um, you know, like uh, every once in a while, I'll I'll get black starved, and then you know, uh, I'll start dropping the N word, like you know, in the wrong places to the wrong people, and I'm like, God damn it, I need to go hang out with some black people, you know, get the N word out of my system, and then I can come back and be like, ah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How many black Americans do you hang out with? Because there's not many of us not, around. Not many here. I, actually, in Norway, I don't hang out with a lot of black people at all. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my photos and I'm like, God damn it, Anthony, I need more black friends in Norway. But when I travel, almost like Geneva, almost like I think majority of my friends, not majority, I don't know, eighty percent, sixty percent of my friends are, are black. Well, I use that. I use this uh, to to counter this narrative that some people some some people try to create that I'm anti-white. Uh, because to a lot of people, the fact that I speak about racism means I'm anti-white for some reason. Yeah, yeah. And I use him. Well, all my, all my friends here are like 
I, I, I struggle to find black well, I use Well, I use that argument yeah. against people. I'm like, if you knew me, <laughs> I, you know, you're the first black guy I've yeah. sat and yeah. looked at and spoken and, and, and to. He, and he's looked at me sideways like and, this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and probably, I'm trying to think. Now, I've, I've had, you know, some black friends, yeah. black Americans also yeah. on my podcast, but to actually sit and speak to directly to a black person, I'm going to say that it has probably been a couple years, wow. couple, two and a half years wow. maybe. I may be wrong, but no one comes to mind. And that testifies to the fact that I just don't have that, 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 that most of my friends, most of the people in my what little circle, say, they're white. What, what, we're, what we're trying to say is some of our best friends are white. Some of our best, I, I, I have this one, one white friend who... You know, so, I, I, so, I almost wanted to high road you there and be like, it shouldn't matter. <laughs> you know, but but uh, no. I don't know, people kind of go to those, uh, they pull those little arguments out of their pocket that... For anyone to speak, even they, I've even seen them accuse white people of being against their own kind oh, yeah. because white people speak up a, a, against racism. It's a misunderstood subject. It's a it heavily is. misunderstood subject. I think the first thing anyone should do when they hear anything is first of all define some of those terms, and this is what we talk about with uh, we talked about earlier with the discourse and being taught how to debate. Yeah. When you're taught how to debate, you're also taught define to your define your terms. Yes. Yeah, and you have right? to do that at the beginning, at, at the very beginning. <laughs> Otherwise, what the hell are we talking about? That's usually exactly. what I do when I get into a big conversation. I'm like, wait, let's what do you stop. mean when you say? And, and let's define yeah. some terms. <laughs> yeah. Right. And if you define racism in a conversation with someone, that conversation will be so much easier. Yeah. yeah. But if you start the conversation saying, "I'm talking about racism," yeah. and blah, yeah. that person's kind like wait a minute what, am i yeah. an attack here who is it what did i do i think i think a lot of norwegians if they're like if racism in norway would look like a lynching right it's like it's yeah. not it's not yeah. talking yeah. to somebody being like where are you well, really from that's not yeah, a racist yeah. thing norwegians exactly. really trip me out with their yeah. definition of racism because yeah. i'll see somebody post something on social media well my grandfather who lived in trondelag when he came down to drummond and tried to get a house they said no to him because he's from trondheim that's not racism no. That's not racism. He did not get to, uh, he wasn't refused that apartment or that house or that situation yeah. because of his race. He, he was not discriminated against because of his skin color. Exactly. He was discriminated against because of his culture and it's values. A, it's an internal Norwegian no, regional thing. I'll bat that back to you a little bit, though. Yeah. Like uh, Northern Europeans can have, say, racism yeah. towards Eastern Europeans, despite there not being a significant okay, skin so, color difference so, because of yeah, but certain that's expectations. That's not racism, though. That's prejudice. So, fair enough. so uh, if, it, it depends on whose academic definition we're taking yeah. and the practical definition we're taking. Right? If we're taking my definition. Are we talking ethnicities? If we're going to define or make our own definition, right, then we should be pretty clear on sort of what we mean, right? Now, if if I'm from north of Norway and I'm white and I come down to south of this, to, to, to Oslo, for example, try to get an apartment and, I, and somebody says, ooh, I don't rent to northerners, mm-hmm. right? Is he discriminated against my skin color? No, it's discriminated against me because I'm a northerner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't date Northerners. Um, maybe maybe less common to hear, but you know something something that could be said. Is that is that is that is that the same as racism? Um, I'm not. Sh- it's it's discriminatory. Yes. Yes. It's, but it's not Without the same grounds. No, it's just discrimination on things you can't change about yourself. True. true. Uh, I, but I that's would not say true. It. Hold on now. Hold on now. Mm. You can. Well, you can't change your essence. I mean, if you're if you're from Finnmark, you're from Finnmark. Mm-hmm. But you can certainly work on changing your dialect. But, sure. For but but uh, well, ah, that's a big fucking ask if you ask me. Like, who the heck changes their dialect? A lot of people. Hold I know, on, I know, I know, on. I know, I know. No, I know people do. I'm okay, just, I'm just saying that it's for, not for everybody. Guys, that's let's just let's just put it. Code switching is by default 
we all code switch all day. Yeah, 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 sure. But that's totally different to switching. Like, listen, I'm the I'm the one who's grown up in Norway, and yeah, who's, yeah. I, 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 the, the appreciation I have for just how much I'm, dialects I'm can support. change. I'm in support, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying, go so go a couple hours north, couple hours south, and it's sure, like, okay, it's different. Sure. I'm not part of your tribe. Right. Absolutely. And yeah. for me to switch over, I would feel so fucking weird. I already yeah. feel yeah. weird going on stage and changing certain words yeah. just so the Oslo crowd can right. get it. Yeah. I already feel weird about that. Right. I already yeah. get comments from people back home every once in a while. And it's like, yeah, oh, you said yeah. Spisa. What the fuck's wrong with so you? So when yeah. I when I answer the, if I call a cab and I answer the phone in easier, I go, hey, that guy coming at? I am not gonna use my black voice. Right. 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 I don't want to scare him. Well, you want to ride that's also. You I don't want to ride. Right. Yeah. If I'm at the office, I will not. I, I will keep the bass out of my voice. Yeah. Right. Because I am a black male, uh, and if I if I if I make my point passionately, yeah. Versus just make my point flat toned. Um, I could be easily misinterpreted as being aggressive. Sure, well, yeah. you have to read the room. Right? Absolutely, we all do that. But if we I if Eddie makes the same point passionately, the chances of him being mistaken for aggressive are very, very little. That's that's true. Right? That's that's the beta cuck energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we all have to read the room and act accordingly. That. Um, okay. I, don't, I, don't, I think back, I think Norwegians use that, that term racism in a, in a way too broad. But okay, okay, can I, can I just one, just, just, just watch one little thing first though. Uh, take for example Snoopy, right? Yeah. She doesn't get a place because she's Samisk. Then well, that's but racism. she speaks Estlandsk. Uh, yeah, sure. Sure, sure. I'm just saying, if she came down and somebody's like, "Oh, you're Samisk, you're not getting this place," then yeah. it's racism, right? Because so, they're a nation of people. So yes. racism, yes. Ra- racism, I think is just. The, can we define racism without using the word racism? Yeah. Mm. So it's 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 somebody discriminating discriminating against you because of something you can't yeah. change about yourself. Ethnicity, culture, yeah. it's stuff that are just where integral to your identity. Where, where you're from, where you're born, yeah. what your skin color looks like, language, your, color, your eye color, right. the language yeah. you speak. Yeah. The language, maybe not so much because you can change your language. Yeah, 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 fair enough. Language, but say the, the the how you look. And where you come from physically, mm. like bio- biologically, right? Mm. If there's if, if it's discriminatory, if discriminating on you based on those things, then I think that's racism. Yes, right? it doesn't matter whether uh, you're the same color or a different color, but if you can be discriminated on something that you are, mm-hmm. then that for me is racism, mm-hmm. and that means that a white person in Norway can be ra- in the south of Norway can erase the white person from the north of Norway because they're discriminating on them based on where they're from. And that's the thing. That, that, okay. that, that's an attribute of that person. Okay. Yeah. Right. So. Um, uh, so uh, whites can be racist against whites. Whites can be racist against whites. And, yeah. and blacks can be racist against. But but again again in in this definition that yeah. I'm discriminating on you based on A B C D. Yeah. Now now where, where where the problem comes is when you start to then say okay how does that definition include people like say Derek Shaw Derek Vaughn uh, who was, was that his name Derek Chauvin. Vaughn Chauvin Derek Chauvin how does that include Derek Chauvin and how does that include say somebody who says something stupid like uh, uh, um, uh, all, all black people are, are criminals for example yeah. uh-huh. how do you how do you how do you how does that descri- how does that same definition apply to those both extremes right yeah. I think that's where the problem comes in. Um, and for me, it's because the discriminate, the act of discriminate, discrimination is commonplace. Yeah. How uh, how I discriminate, yeah. extreme, the, 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 the ext- how extreme my act of discrimination is, is a bit rare. Like um, it's very rare for somebody to go out of the way to kill a black 
rare. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on now. <laughs> um, it, 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 it's, 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 um, it's, it's an extreme case. It's not the yeah. standard case of racism that you'll see. The standard case of racism typically ends up with a black person feeling annoyed and not dead. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Or well, the person yeah. is discriminated against being being annoyed, uh, being annoyed or suffering some sort of a hurt, yeah. but not being dead. Yeah. And I think that's true across the board. Yeah. Um, the problem is most people is that the idea of racism is that it's only when somebody is leaning on your neck and you can't breathe. Oh, it's because he's black that I'm doing that. But that's why I focus on view. the systemic portion of the racism. Yeah. To me, it's truly racism when there is a systemic backing of that. So let's define systemic now. <laughs> let's, drink, let's, let's drink our own Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's uh, an example of systemic racism is uh, redlining right. in Chicago, for example. A system that was put in place to make sure that black people could only buy homes in a certain area. Right. Uh, it's systemic racism when we see that uh the legal system uh is far from balanced you see yeah. uh different outcomes for yeah. the same crime yeah. that is a systemic yeah, that's, issue that's systemic. uh and it's that's systemic well. when we see it in the educational levels uh not just in america but also in norway in other countries mm -hmm. where if you're brown or black uh, or non-white yeah. <clears throat> you're going to be met with challenges that are above and beyond what yeah. those mm -hmm. native mm -hmm. yeah. white European uh, students will face. That's a systemic yeah. thing. Yeah. And I believe that when racism is practiced under the umbrella of a certain system, it's undeniable racism, but you can question the motives of the individual. And that's why I'm not that very focused on trying to do much. I don't think there can be done much with racism on the individual. You can't change people's minds. My, it's very hard to do. My my thoughts on this is that uh, humans are pretty fancy, but our hardware is old as fuck, right? Yeah. And it's not meant for the kind of society we're in now, or global village, right? It's meant to be like, oh, somebody's coming over the hill, they're probably a danger, right? So our brains are still... I don't think our brains are well made to make nice with everybody who are different. Well, we like have that, that primitive part, part of our brain yeah. that's been there since day one. Yeah. Uh, uh, I disagree. That the reptile brain. Lean, that, I disagree. Well, well, but it makes us. Why, lean, about what I said? Well, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's an exposure it, thing. And, yeah, and I don't. No, exactly, no, I'm not saying it's the only. I don't agree oh. either. But uh, yeah. I, I guess I want to back up because I, I I don't agree with that half that says that we have our primitive brain and that's what rules. We have our primitive yeah. brain that leads us towards tribalism, but we have social yeah. conditioning. And yeah. so social conditioning can be a positive thing. Social conditioning mm -hmm. leads us to uh, feelings of compassion, yeah. feelings to, towards understanding, yeah. the desire for dialogue yeah. that can combat that initial primitive reaction. Yeah. Oh, he or she looks different than me. I need to be wary. Yeah, yeah. Right. That but, is there. Right. I, don't, I, don't, have, I don't want to be construed as having yeah. said, though, that it, the main driver is you know, or or that it's it's completely something we can't do anything about. Yeah. I hate that kind of fatalist nonsense, yeah. right? Okay. Uh, but we have to check ourselves, and I don't think we're going to evolve away from that anytime too soon. Like it's, I think racism, to some extent, or otherization, it's going to be with us. I I think I think it's purely a matter of exposure. I think if purely. you look at kids who are who who um, uh, especially like if you look, at, there's a great book on the subject is um. Uh, I find the name. I find the name. It's a great book. Uh, she's a PhD sociologist who studies uh, issues of race, and it's uh, 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 white kids and racism. I think mm -hmm. it's called. Uh, I'll find the title. But it's basically a book about uh, how how the children of of uh, of uh, well off white parents 
form ideas and reproduce ideas about racism. Interesting. A great, great book. Yeah. And she's very, I mean, she's a white woman studying these kids, uh, following them to school, following them to practice, following them to camp, yeah. um, um, being, in, being in the back of the class, and just trying to sort of uh, understand where and when they pick up, uh, learn, or reproduce ideas of racism, or not. Yeah. Right? And one of the things she's found is that if you just have the same kid in a room with black, Asian, Mexican, mm. whatnot, for that same amount of time, those same ideas are just not there. The chances to reproduce to reproduce racism come up, but there's also a lot more reinforcement to okay. uh, to to inform, right? Um, another another great study looked at, um, uh, I think it was toddlers, not between, uh, kids between four yeah. and six, or four and eight, yeah. and they were like, um, uh, uh, for the four-year-olds, I think for the three to four-year-olds, the test was how drawn they were to yeah. certain types of faces. Okay. Because uh, kids, it's, it's a common yeah. study to see that um, one of the one of the earliest studies they used to establish this was to see if kids like pretty things versus ugly things more, right? Yeah. So. Normally, children of all ages, babies, toddlers, we all we all we all we all have a preference for symmetry and beauty, right? That's not, it's, it's built into our brains somehow, and you can also test for racial bias in this way in four-year-olds and five-year-olds. Mm -hmm. uh, they'll either gravitate to somebody whiter or blacker or that looks more like them. And in, yeah. in most cultures, the kids will gravitate to somebody that looks more like them. Yeah, right. And uh, that's that primitive brain, I believe. Yes, that's yeah. a primitive brain. Yeah. But if that same kid has been exposed to uh, variety. Of, of people that look like that 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 that, uh, that look different, that same bias is now gone. Score and there's paper, a social right? conditioning exactly. I was talking about. So, yeah. so I I don't think it's a problem of our brains. I don't think it's about. An, I think I think otherness. I think the idea of otherness being a scary thought as primitive to our brain means I can't tell my brain, hey. Um, and that's what I was getting. Who at. are you? Can I get yeah. to know you now? And that's what I was getting right? at because yeah. After it, I've gotten to know you, does my primitive brain still feel that way? The primitive brain so. is there, but then you have social conditioning, and that social conditioning can either enhance that yeah. feeling of otherness, yeah. or it can enhance the feeling of inclusiveness yeah. all I, and all the, I, the curiosity about the otherness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think, I, I, no, I think I do think we have meat sack brains. We're definitely we're definitely meat yeah. sack brains. But I, I I don't think it's a fault of the hardware. I think it's a fault of the software not being given the right. Thing is, how would you create a society where they get the exact Jane, kind of exposure? Jane Elliott, easy. She's already done this. Sure. No, but no, no, no. But let's let's say let's say you're in let's that. let's say you're in a part of Norway where there's not a lot of um, variety, Jane right? Jane Elliott did that experiment in a classroom with only white kids. Just she just used blue and brown eyes as a difference. But I, I thought you said you need to you, if they get exposure before eight, yeah. four, five. Yeah, but uh, so so Jane Elliott is able to. So, Do you know who she is? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, been so, talking so, about. so it's either it's either exposure or actually exposing you to, discrimi yeah. to, dis to discrimination. But with her, right, That's you do that afterwards, right? And, and you do the experiments afterwards when they're they're already growing up and they can actually talk and understand things, right? They're teenagers or whatever, right? No, or, dude, have you seen the Blue Eyes, Blue Eyes experiment? You have to see this. They're actually you've like- sh You've shown me, have you shown me a video? I saw somebody cry and freak out, freak out. Oh, yeah, but they weren't, they weren't like- that's the, That was the, B I showed you a, a yeah. clip from the BBC episode. Yeah. And that was like, well, the one that went viral. But that was the BBC episode she's doing with like university students. When she initially came up with the idea, yeah. it was to her, uh, her, her, uh, her second and third graders yes. in the U.S. Uh, after Martin Luther King was shot, and in her classroom, she asked about, you know, do you guys understand what happened? Yeah. And one of the kids said, yeah, one of the one of the N-word guys had to be shot because of something. And she was like, oh, Whoa. hold the fuck up, I have to address this. Yeah, none yeah. of my kids are gonna have this attitude, right? Yeah. So she then says, how do I educate this all-white classroom 
on why discrimination is such an evil, insidious thing. Yeah. So she came up with this blue-eyed brownness experiment. Yeah. And that, uh, that uh, being exposed to discrimination in that level, at that alone, that alone yep. is enough to get those kids to actually, even 30 years later, right? Yeah. On paper, be measurably it's like... It's quite the effect on sure. one's life. Thing yeah. is, the thing is just that, that that's after the, they've gone through a rearing period where it's like, okay, if they're already drawn to certain faces, that's already in place, right? And then she comes and shocks them with that and it can have a changing effect, right? Right, it can, it can make them check their own yeah. biases and yeah. stuff like that yeah. and having a good yeah. effect. Yes, yeah. sure. I... I, I I don't feel like I'm a died in the wool racist or anything either, but yeah. I do know, for example, if I if when I was on the West Coast and and I'm not, you know, it's it's yeah. very very fucking white there, and I go to the mall, yeah. and all of a sudden I see a gaggle of five Somali guys and they're talking their own language. There's a tiny Loudly. ass. Yeah. There's a tiny ass <laughs> part of my brain that yeah. goes. Man, they're polluting the, our airwaves a bit. Air, you know, it's like there's a small so, part of my brain that thinks that. I, I feel like I can't eradicate. that. I always want to tell Somalis to be quiet. They talk so loud. <laughs> a little loud. bit, yeah. So Lord. if I'm on a, if I'm on a tram and I see four Somali guys over there, I probably think the same thing. If there's if there's five Norwegian guys drunk and bludgeoning over here, yeah. I'm hoping they don't rape someone tonight. <laughs> if, if there's a bunch of if there's a bunch of uh, a bunch of uh, blonde, blue-eyed white girls over there, I'm hoping they don't do something stupid and cause somebody racist or dance on the table. Um, everybody has these stereotypes of yeah. people, right? Yeah. But but the, the problem is, at least I think for the most people, at least for, for me, for all those guys, I have an informed opinion yeah. on what they really are like. Because yeah. I have a Somali friend. Right, I have a right. white male Norwegian friend. And I have a yeah. white... Uh, but see, I want to check you on something you said. You say everybody has these these, pre these stereotypes, but I don't believe that. You don't think I, you have I, those stereotypes? I don't know if I'm better than you. No. <laughs> no, no, but I, I, I can... <laughs> I can, I can. Look. He's got some good slaps in today. I feel. <laughs> I'm from the, I'm, I'm from Africa. Um, um, we made them. We, uh, my ans then, my uh, ancestors looked at his ancestors were like, brah, brah. Hey, I will admit, I'm watered down. I'm watered down. You're slamming the source code, bro. And so the question is, is did I hold on to the good qualities, or did I lose the good qualities? I'm still, I'm still trying to figure that I mean, out. That's why he's, that's why he has me over here trying to get it back. He's like, duh, I've lost all the juju magic. <laughs> Help me out. <laughs> why, would, why would you want that when you're already honorary white? Oh gosh, you know I. I <laughs> He's losing but, the hips. You can't dance anymore. But this, this thing, yeah. But this this thing that where everybody, I'll hear people say, you know, everybody has a little bit of a racist, yeah. or everybody is a little bit prejudiced. I don't. I don't believe that. I believe that no, there no. are people. I mean, I can I can look at that group of Somali guys, and okay, let, I guess I need to let qualify me, let me, because let me, I'll, let me clarify. I'm not yeah. saying that uh, that everybody has whatever. Or what I'm saying is that stereotypes exist. Prejudices exist, yeah. and, and um, because of the world we live in, they will be any. They will be. In they're not all negative stereotypes. No, no, they're, not, they're not all negative, you know? but they're not all positive. Anyway, the point is, um, for example, TV. Yeah. Right? We tell stories uh, about caricatures and not characters mostly, yeah. or we'll have one character, one character, uh, and lots of caricatures. Yeah. And so most of the time, yeah. we will often try to communicate who someone is very quickly using very very yeah. short ideas, right? And we will communicate values and so on yeah. throughout our lives in, in very, you know, uh, TV, movies, yeah. books, whatnot. And yeah. so we will have lots of ideas about things in our heads. For example, when I was in India, I, when I was in India, I was like. What are the chances that an Indian person has met uh, an African person before me? And I looked it up. There are sixty thousand black black Africans living in India. So uh, current one point three billion Indians. So that it was like zero point zero 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 five six percent chance that they had met an African before me. Yeah. Right. Um, just but statistically speaking, right. So, what other prior to meeting me? 
when would they have had a chance to examine a preconception they have about black people? Yeah. What's yeah. been there to challenge What's the stereotypes? Challenge the stereotypes? Yeah. Right. Nothing, right? And that's what I mean by there'll always be stereotypes, but if you have no yeah. reference, yeah. if you don't have a friend from that culture, you don't have that's true. You, you that's like going yeah. those that's going back to when Snoopy said there's no racism in Norway exactly. because she didn't have any reference. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Now, yeah. We've been talking for two and a half hours. I had planned to cut it off at two hours. <laughs> yep. And I could talk forever with you guys, but it's all about my yeah. physical capabilities. I'm in so much pain. For, you know, I'm getting another operation, first of September. No. It's, it's, it goes back to my show. Now, I had this neck operation. They pretty much cut my head off and <laughs> fixed a vertebrae that I didn't even know was messed Damn. up and then put my head back on. Uh, no, no basis, seriously, huh? seriously, they sliced open uh, and uh, took out a uh, some bone structure and put a fake uh, vertebrae okay. in my neck. Yeah. Uh, we 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 were hoping that that was the source of all the pain I have in my shoulder, but it's not. It's my shoulder. Okay. So now on the first of September, they're going to go in my shoulder. They're going to do a biopsy to see if there's any infection. They're going to look at things for the possibility of me having a um, a uh, shoulder prosthetic. Okay. Totally new ball and socket yeah. joint in there. So I'm I'm in this I'm in a similar process for my knee. I was diagnosed with. Come um, on, man, you're too young for that. That's what. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> uh, I went to my doctor. Uh, Thirty-seven, right? Knee, Come on. My knee was this big, so I was an oh, athlete. Wow. I was an athlete wow. as a kid, right? Um, that, uh, yeah. You name it. I am better than you. I'm 52 and I'm still an athlete. You stop being that. Oh, there we I go. Got it. Now. Um, but, I'm, but, I'm, but I'm smarter than you. <laughs> I, 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 I write code. Mr. Tech. <laughs> got me there. He writes code. <laughs> I, I will automate your job away. No, so what, okay. what? <laughs> I better stop talking shit. Oh my God. I think, I think you won. <laughs> no, but uh, so, so what happened to your knee now? So, um, because this is interesting yeah, to because, me. Uh, yeah. Because when I was, uh, when I was uh, you know, doing a lot of running and whatnot and i had uh something something to do with my cartilage it's a it's a common thing with um with knees you, you yeah. lower cartilage and yeah. at the time they were recommending uh cartilage replacement okay and i did and i had one when i was 19 and i recovered you know carried on doing sports and whatnot. yeah it's a fairly yeah not invasive yeah. i mean it's invasive but it's you yeah. can re recover and it's be like athletic after three holes yeah. um yeah um but yeah yeah. machine up and down but eventually i recovered yeah. started playing ball you know uh, martial arts and so on and then um uh yeah 35 i think i played i played ball one summer and my knee was this big i went to the, went to the hospital and they're like it's like uh, your knee is old and i'm like i'm sorry bro i've, <laughs> I've been to school for like 16 years was <laughs> this you, an african hospital this is here in this Norway. is here yeah. okay uh, and I'm like, can you use bigger words, please? <laughs> and he goes, No, like, he says your knee is old. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, I'm like, No, I didn't get to use bigger words. Please. <laughs> didn't, you, didn't, you, didn't you go like, uh, But I'm too young? And he goes like, Yeah, but your knee is old. But your knee is old. He, he says, He says you have osteoarthrosis of the right knee. Wow. And I'm like, Aren't I a bit too young for that? And he goes, that's Yeah, incredible. but your knee is old. And just <laughs> yeah, but that's very interesting yeah, at yeah. that age to have that yeah. kind of a problem. And it's only in the right knee. Huh. Um, and they were like, yeah, we got to cut it out. You have two years left in it. And I was like, um, wow, <laughs> what? <laughs> but this was like three and a half years ago. So, but now I'm getting a second opinion and we're going to find out whether I was going to say, get that second opinion yeah. because very often surgeons are so eager to cut when, <laughs> when other things yeah. and they are, could have been and, and they were like, uh, we'll cut and see. And yeah. like, no, bro. <laughs> oh, no. Exploratory yeah. surgery. <laughs> I've, I've lost track of how many shoulder surgeries I've had. I think I've had seven or eight. Yeah seven or eight and it's just it's you see as i've been sitting the whole time yeah. i really should have a sling because oh, no just way. the pressure the weight of my arm hanging down is just really? 
So I think they're going to do a artificial shoulder. That's what I want, actually. Yeah. Get, get everything out of there. Stop this little piecemeal thing. Yeah. Get everything out of just, there. Just, Replace just, it all. Just start with the cybernetic because, program. Oh, God, because I'm, I'm just... It's it's too much. It th that's the reason why I haven't done stand up for a year because mm -hmm. I don't have the energy and it's so much pain to just stand there for five, ten, fifteen minutes on a mic. Well, I'm, I'm looking it. forward to hearing Can't more about uh, 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 Robopod. Robopod <laughs> with John Allen. John Allen. Wait, the all right. version. <laughs> I was like, did I space out at some point? <laughs> <laughs> Miss out on a promo? Well, speaking of promo, as we wind this up, yeah, what's coming up for you guys? I'm uh, uh, no 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 actual real announcement yet, but I'm trying to do something on the 10th and the 17th of August. I think he's got something at Salt. Yeah, uh, on the 10th of August, I got Salt. Uh, that's just a low. That's I, I don't think that's a that's in the smallest place there, Pyramid, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, he's really selling it. Yeah. <laughs> Small and significant. Yeah, don't. Come or don't. It's where I'm going to try new shit. And then <laughs> on the 18th, uh, I'm standing at Uhurt, which is this. Uh, place down in Stroke in Oslo. So that's pretty much all I got booked. That and I, th I think I'm coming to Drummond in uh, first of uh, September. Uh, Jung said that I will he was be gonna... under the knife on that day. So think of me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So that's pretty much everything, man. But me and him, we're gonna. When we went to Bergen, they were being really uh, nice and complimentary, and they're like, "Next time you come over, you should, you know, hit up yeah. the right people. You can get like four mics in a row, you know." Yeah. Yeah. So... Why don't you guys do a tour together? You know, I was kind of halfway joking talking about uh, the Idik and Anthony show. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like a good radio program <laughs> or something. But why don't Why don't you guys just do a tour? That's why I'm shaking. Um, no, it's um. Uh, we're gonna wind this up. My day job, my day job is crazy right now. So, um, and I, that's you know, it's my okay. career as well. Uh, okay. I, I, I really only thought stand up would just be a hobby. Mm. I didn't realize it'd be as much fun and go, you know, anywhere beyond just me. Just, you know, try no chance. It out. Of, no chance of you taking um, a leave of uh, absence from your job. And uh, we could, I could probably talk to talk to my because because I mean, I love my job because people know who I am really, so they yeah. know I do stand up, and they yeah. know and whatnot. But um, yeah, it's definitely what I'm married to. Uh, it's definitely what I definitely wake when I wake up in the morning. Mm. It's that first, and then when when I've sort of got um. some time off, then I can do some stand up. But uh, it's a good problem to have when uh, when you have yeah. to be like, hey, should I sacrifice something to go get yeah. more? Right. It's a good right. problem. To have. You know, stand up isn't my number one thing, but I do miss it. I'm mm. God, I miss it, and I see everybody out there having such a good time and. I just miss being there, man. I do. Our, our big, uh, our big uh, thing next, the big thing on our itinerary would be like next summer. We're thinking of both going to New York uh, and hitting up as many mics as we do can that. there. Yeah, right. Mecca. Do that. Going to the Mecca stand up. First yeah. of all, I'll say this: you guys, even though you would be unknown out there, you guys would get the time on the mic because you're from Norway. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. Oh God, we got to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know, fail or succeed, but you would yeah. at least get on the mic, and it would definitely. Be a growth, a, go a, a period oh, yeah. of growth, oh, yeah. uh, no uh, definite learning no experience. That's the, I mean, like, you can do what? We talked about this last time, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. New yeah. York is going to be like a, yeah, level up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Three, well, four times in a day, yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, I want to thank you both for coming on. I, this has been very giving for me. You know, I've, I've been, um, first because of Corona and then because of losing my son and, then because of health reason, I've been so isolated, mm -hmm. you know, kicking out podcast episodes, but it's just not the same when people are on a video screen. Yeah, so I thank you guys. You guys have truly blessed my life today. I mean that in all seriousness. You have truly yeah, blessed, right back at you. blessed my life for coming. <laughs> right for coming. I, lo I, I love you both. Uh, I, I, I respect you guys' minds and, and, and your comedy. 
So thank you for coming on and doing my show. Nothing thank but you. love for both of you. Thank you for having thank us, you. man. And yeah. for you out there watching, I want you guys to check the, these guys out. I'm going to link to their social media profiles. Check them out. Please support them if you have the opportunity to uh, to do that. Support them in any way you can. If you want to support me on the Coming On Podcast with John Allen, you can find me at my uh, website, which is www.johnallenpod.com. You can also look in the description of this episode, whether you're watching it on YouTube or listening to it on a podcast platform of your choice you look in the description you'll see a couple of three links where you can give a contribution if you'd like to support my work here it's not necessary but it's definitely appreciated um i love you guys uh thank you so much bye now Cheers. <laughs>